I had a really big problem with this movie morally until I came up with the like I was able to like work it all out in my head and I'm like okay then it's like it doesn't bother me what I took from it was the potential for our sort of general like human decency and connection like the possibility of our humanity to 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 to, to kind of change and evolve a little bit that's how I picked all my movies, because it is bullshit. Ah, we're going to get into it tonight. Great Hi, hello. Greetings, Long Walkers. Welcome to our um, Oscar preview episode. Again, uh, the first of. annual Oscar celebration, a long walk, short drink, Oscar celebration. That's what I've. Oh, I like it. Yes. Um, With our very annual. special guest, a very special guest, Mr. J joining us. Hello. Yeah. Welcome, Mr. J. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for All being right. here. Yeah. Good to, to see you again. Oh, we'll retweet it. It should be just about time for Double D to text me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh that would be perfect timing of him watching something awesome that we talked about three episodes ago. I'm sure. <laughs> That's right? Yeah. I mute so many text threads in iChat before I start because yeah, because they'll yeah, they'll ruin the backup. <laughs> I know. My backup know. recording. I mean, it dings on it, but uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's so nice. It's it's funny that it's kind of that that that's when people reach out. It's nice. I, I'm glad to hear from anyone whenever. So it's but and I and I feel like. Uh, since we have started integrating like the live stuff where it's sending stuff, it, it like sends out a link as soon as we go live, that kind of triggers people more, which is great. So um, I'm just going to the, the live page so that I can see if our trolls on there. There we go. <laughs> no troll yet. Good. I, right. He might have given up and that's all for the best. There ain't no room for that kind of. Oh here. man. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, I, I, th- I felt like we were getting somewhere. I really feel like the, like I, if this ends up on the air, it could spoil it, but I feel like, cause so we recorded the, um, reaction to the last Jedi and he was the troll was at the beginning of that episode was on there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then after we were done recording that episode, somebody else commented on that episode and was like, you know, this was a really entertaining conversation. Oh, like, yes, you definitely yeah. got my like my subscription. Like, <laughs> I want to say that was our troll that we like. <laughs> like, he, he, he was just sitting there waiting to find something to troll, but we engaged him in our conversation. That he ended up being like, all right, these guys aren't that fucking stupid. So <laughs> I like that idea. Let's go with that. <laughs> so there's a little bit of positivity. How about we open a beer? Let's do yes, that. Let's do that. Yes. What's everybody drinking? Uh, it's an award show. I'm talking. Ooh, it's an award yes. winner. <laughs> Fantastic. I've got It'll... the, uh, this is a, a pack that my friend got me, Ooh. but it's a um, flip side red IPA Sierra Nevada. Flavor, yeah, nice. I also have a Sierra Nevada. Came in. Um, I used to drink this a lot. This Torpedo oh, uh, nice. Extra IPA. I remember uh, I did a session once at this um, kind of f- fancy studio, and I'd never really done that kind of thing before. And at the end of it, the guy's like, "You want a beer?" I'm like, 
yeah, a beer. He just like, you know, went to some fridge and pulled out. So I was having a very fancy day and he gave me one of these and it was magical. So I haven't had one in a while, but I got a thirst for him. So there you go. crack them. All right. On three. You ready? Yes. And three. Woohoo. Very nice. Glug, 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 glug. So we should preface this too that we have a hard stop tonight. Hard stop. Uh, we're hard stopping at 11 uh, at the latest. So I only brought this beer that we just opened and another beer. Me too. Because I I have to drive into Columbus also tomorrow like Ew. for training. So um, I don't want to be hungover. That's a good I'm call. <laughs> no, and, yeah. Hangovers <laughs> happen really easily now. So. Uh, these two beers could do it if I'm not, if I don't play my cards right. <laughs> when I, uh, I, um, the last episode, the drop number 40, I definitely have more to drink than I like to yeah. listen back to. <laughs> yeah. So I have, uh, I've only been bringing into, like, I didn't, I'm not bringing in the bowls anymore and I'll just get it on the break, yeah. but oh, I meant to write, I meant to write myself. I have these index cards. I was going to, and I didn't do it. So I'll say it out loud for the everyone. I was going to write on one of these index cards and tape it in front of me. Dude, comma, do not drink beyond when the show ends. <laughs> you have to wake up early tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of like, you know, funny shaming message to myself. I told Ash the last right now. I, I drank too much the last episode also uh, that we recorded. And um, I told Ash the next day after that, as I was recovering with my day long hangover, uh, I can no longer, I need to stop drinking while we were recording that much because. I promptly went downstairs afterwards and ordered a pizza, like a big, the big 10 and like pigged out. I didn't even pig out. I fell asleep actually before I could eat very much of it, but it was like wasted the money. And then like, then had all this food and yeah, I make bad choices. <laughs> uh, I can't be trusted. I'm a giant man, baby. On all counts. I did write the note. I'm sticking it up. <laughs> yeah. Might tweet it out. This is a, a little bit of a good uh, reminder or segue into uh, one of the reason. Ooh, oh, God, I almost spilled my beer. This Ooh, is pretty well. Out of control. Yeah. Um, a lot of the health type stuff. Start, I mean, we started in some ways with the smoking stats and all that and general concerns. I think we, we both have and have been trying to institute. But since Mr. J came on the show and talked mm -hmm. about it, I feel like quite often we're like, like Mr. J said, or whatever, there's a lot, you come up a lot in your absence. So, and have you heard those episodes? Do you have some uh, follow-ups of your own? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> really, it's just cool to hear. Um, I think the biggest thing is um, I feel like every time I hear something you guys talking about it, just how proud I am of you guys, because you're doing an awesome job. And, you know, I, I sometimes I'll send you guys text messages and things like that to keep you motivated and keep working, because I think that's important. But, um, but yeah, it sounds like every time I, I am more and more proud and impressed with you guys, the things that you're taking on, the little steps that you're taking. I think, um, when Palmer went through his list of, uh, goals, which were impressive, very impressive and, uh, definitely made me question some of my goals. I was like, damn, like he's really, you know, I always go too big. I always go too big. 
that's yeah but it's it's awesome and so it was really cool to hear and obviously dave i love the story about you when you were running with your your um with the bride and and your relatives and that whole scenario (laughs) and (laughs) so stuff like that it's it's just really cool to hear um and that's i think the most important thing is you know part of this process is the community that we have and continuing to support one another because that's you know i used to always get crap from my friends on facebook because i would consistently especially when i first started running consistently post stuff about my runs and at one point i had to kind of explain to my friends that you know as much as i appreciate that they read my statuses those statuses aren't necessarily for them they're for the the other people who are also in that community with me and we kind of help motivate each other and and like i have another friend on there from ohio who still posts stuff about running and i always encourage her and you know tell her you know keep it up keep it up kind of thing so um that's i guess that's my takeaway is that you know continuing to support you guys and you know uh push you push you forward and keep it up because that's that's how you keep those those habits going you know thanks man yeah yeah thank you working at it every every little little chunk at a time mm-hmm. uh, palmer you want to give us a little action step um etc um, <laughs> all that big motivational speech after mr j and uh <laughs> Um, I, I had a, like, I backslid a little bit this past week, but, uh, that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still plowing through my self-help books. Ash got me actually for Valentine's day. She got me two of the self-help books on my list. So, uh, she got me on writing and you are a badass. Uh, so, uh, both of those, uh, are going to be next in line for that. Um, I'm already this weekend. I'm going to build the um table saw and the planer bench in the wood shop so i'm going to be spending some time in the wood shop this weekend nice um i got all that ready to go that's finally all organized and and ready to roll which was awesome um and i'm planning on monday implementing my um time budget to start being intentional with how i'm spending my time so nice yeah i think I mean, at least the way I feel about it, like when we, if we bring, if, you know, if we talk about it each time and sometimes it is like, ah, I did not do great this week. <laughs> yeah. Or like I did great on this, but not so much this. I don't know. For me, that kind of stuff is still helpful. Just that this, the idea of this, like accountable is maybe not the best word, but just to have a reason to think about it and to have someone encourage you to. Yeah. I think that's those things. Like, nobody yeah, is I, perfect. I never. Life. I, I never don't appreciate having you guys to talk to about it, even in, and the nice thing is, is I don't, I, I, I always appreciate the fact that I can be comfortable enough to say, yeah, I had a shitty, <laughs> this like since the last time, like it was a shitty shit. This last week was shitty, you know? Um, and it just was, I just had some depression stuff going on and Ash and I were fighting and, just wasn't a fun week so yeah i mean it's i can give you some examples of so recently um i don't know i think i I still got texted you guys about this but my one one of my big health goals this year was to run four days a week um in the mornings instead of three and that's something that i've been working on for a while it's not it's not easy to 
run that much in a week just because your legs like the very first thing that happened when I first started doing it was I, I just felt old like you just all the aches and joints that you can get like you know I've been running three three days a week for like over two years now and um, so moving to four, it was like immediately I had, I had issues with my hip, I had issues with my ankle, it was all this shit that was going on. And, um, so it was, it was not easy, but at the same time, like I have realized I can guilt myself. Like it's my job. I'm like so bad about it where I just make myself miserable if I don't stick with something. Yeah. Um, and so it was the hardest thing that I've kind of come to where I've, I've actually reached a new place where I can be okay with it is um, during break time. So like recently I just had, um, this was, we had off uh, both Monday and Tuesday um, for like kind of a longer weekend for President's Day and stuff like that. And um, normally I would kind of be uh, militant with myself and still try to keep my regimen up like on a Monday and a Tuesday of running, but I didn't. Um, and that's, I started to just kind of let myself like hey you're on break like you yep. get to sleep in you get to relax you get to take a break and um like i i had i've done since i started i did i think the last week in january i did four days a week of running and then i had a couple days where i fell off and because of sickness and other things it just happens yep. and you do the best you can and then i did it last week i got back to it and then this week i knew i wasn't going to do it because i was going to take the time off but then my hope is for next week to get back to it but it's all about the journey it's all about the progress and i think that's important to understand too is that you can't beat yourself up over it because um it's not it's not always going to work out it's not you know i'm I have a luxury in the sense that, you know, I'm single. I like that in itself. I don't have kids. I, you know, live by myself. It's, it's very easy for my life to be regimented um, because yeah. I don't have all those crazy things that can pop up and, you know, throw wrenches in your situation. Um, but even that still, I mean, we, we all have life, life gets in the way. And so you, you can't hold it against yourself. If you, if you have bad weeks, you just gotta say, oh, well, yeah. it was a shitty week and you move forward and, you know, keep pushing forward and keep trying to do, get back to where you were. Um, that's it that's that's exactly it is it's all about action that that's that's why ash and i have gotten into some pretty like and when we don't agree eye to eye on a lot of on on some of it i shouldn't say a lot of it but it's just like it's not about goals like you just like goals just let you know when your your action is complete that's all that's really is you know like you have to a goal without any action. I just heard a great um, saying where it was something like action without a plan is not a nightmare and something like is not, I don't know. I can't remember Jesus. It was a great saying, but it basically is like, is that where it's like the goal doesn't matter without action, just like action without a goal to steer it is po pointless too. You're just going to waste the energy, but it's like, it's still that journey. It's that process of getting there that really matters is where, you know, where you're going to cut your teeth on it. So I can talk about goals all day long, but it, like at the end of the day, what did I do to get towards that goal? Nothing today. Okay. Tomorrow, try to get something, you know? So, yeah. but I always focus, I've had for myself, I have to focus on something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I beat myself up, but I, I feel like I don't do it as bad as maybe some other folks do. I have been doing okay. I've uh, since I've got this Fitbit, um, it kind of coincided with winter hitting, <laughs> um, and I was a little leery of the Fitbit. I for myself, like I felt that I would use it as an excuse to do less than I otherwise might. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. all I ever really heard about was the steps. Um, 
but anyway, so of course there's more to that. It monitors uh, active minutes, which have to be, uh, I think, at least 10 minutes or so to kick in. Um, how many calories you burn, how many floors you go, which we have talked about is not necessarily super reflective of anything sp specific to stairs. Right. Uh, what's the other thing? And then how many miles, I guess, you you move. Um, so... Which you have, have the, what do you have, ahead. the charge two? The charge two, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I have too, which I, I, I actually, that's, I guess that could be another action step is I charge them. I got, I dug mine out and charged it up and I'm wearing it again. So um, I would try, be, uh, try to just be cognizant of that. You yeah. Know, those. Yeah. I would be up for if you want to do some kind of, uh, the challenges. Remember, yeah. Remember, I was like, oh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I feel less scared of that now that it's just at least a part of my, <laughs> you know, right days because uh, we, we could do long walk short drink challenges that would be awesome that'd be very fun yeah i'm yeah. totally game for that i'm pretty sure double d's on the fitbit stuff <laughs> that's um, great we're up we're also up to four viewers thanks so much for joining oh, cool. us everyone hey. like, thanks for watching um, um yeah let's let's definitely do that yeah, i've fallen in short drink, like challenges that would be fantastic oh yeah yeah i have uh i have I, i'm not obsessive about it in a way that i think is bad uh, or troublesome to me at least, but I do love to get to the point in the day where they all reach there. Like, oh, yeah, the whole, that's the it, best. And it does the confetti <laughs> all over the screen, and it's like, yeah. or oh, in the see, app. Double yeah. D, like, don't, I'm just gonna tell you what double D will disgust you. Like, you'll you'll hate every minute of the competition. Oh, I'm so close. I'm so close to getting it all to explode. Oh, it's the best. I'm like, I. It might happen. How do you get calories without <laughs> moving or like moving your whole body? <laughs> Double D. You see, he even admits it. Like, I'm just like, you, you'll be disgusted. You'll hate it if Double D's in the competition. Oh, he that's... even admits, says it right in the chat. He's like, I'm obsessive about it. You are obsessive about it. Like, Double D's the one where it's like 11.53 and you're ahead by 10 steps. He'll, he'll wait until 11.58 and walk 11. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. I think, well, that won't bother me so much because I'm actually not very competitive in that way. <laughs> so I won't be like, ah, oh, he beat. I was like, oh, rock on. <laughs> but it's just nice. It's just it's nice. Like, like, me, it probably irritates. It's probably. Oh, like, no. Yeah. Like, I'm, no. I'm, it's just that I'm not. And it doesn't irritate me, Double D. I think it's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Can no. I, I, I should tell the Frisbeer story. Yes, Double D's please just, do. Like, Double D's just like super, super, super competitive. And it cracks me up because I'm not competitive at all. <laughs> yeah, double D. I'm not competitive either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, one of the times he came out camping for 4th of July with my dad, I had this game Frisbeer. Have you guys ever played this where you like put uh, beer bottles on the top of like poles and then you're supposed to throw a Frisbee to try to knock the beer bottle off? It's just a variation of cornhole with different apparatus right and uh all an excuse to drink and like double d's on my team and we're winning and he is like furiously shaking yelling at himself like come on get your head game like and i think he's joking like i think like really like Oh man, hamming it up, you know, because we're just like having it. I mean, it's literally a it's a barbecue game <laughs> to drink. Like that's what the reason you play it is to but drink. The winners are the losers in that game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh and and so he's like, I'm like, 
I think he's just like hamming it up until like I realize like, oh my gosh, are you like really beating yourself up over this game? He's like, yeah. It's like, dude, like you're missing the whole point of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, yeah. So that would be that would be really fun. The the um, I say very very sarcastically, the long long short drink challenges because as soon as double d's like bring it i'm like son of a bitch like <laughs> i'm like i could have a fun nice competition with dave like this would be all right and double d's like nope he's gonna push <laughs> it. He's, like he's gonna push it look so far how do they how does it work is it just whether or not you meet your own personal goals or it's like just totals and whoever's got the highest of oh it depends on what challenge you do like some of the challenges are based on steps most of them actually i think are based on steps they might all be but like and then they have like pre pre-configured one they have one that's like your the the work week hustle i think is one and that's like where it counts your steps monday through friday and it just totals up whoever's in the competition Hmm. and then there's the um and then the um weekend warrior that's the other one Oh, okay. Yeah. We're like, it's how many steps you can get Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I definitely like, I have a goal for like five out of the seven days and I usually hit six of of like being registered as exercise, but it's kind of funny. Like the, when I do the workouts with JC, (laughs) um, for new listeners, that's JCVD as in Jean-Claude Van Damme, my personal trainer. Um, it doesn't register. It'd be like a half hour thing of these various, you know, movements and kind of, um, but it's not, I guess there's never consistently like 10 minutes of what it would classify as, uh, active minutes, which for me actually gave me more, I, I valued more the idea of whatever it does classify as active minutes. Right. So it was kind of, um, you know, on days when I would run, I, I, oh, I do not run by myself. I will say that. Um, and I, like, I went to the gym one time when it got super cold and just like did the track. I'm just like, fuck this. I am not doing this. Yeah. I'm not going to run in circles like a rat. I hate this. So I, uh, surprisingly, though, because the bride uh, goes to the gym. I mean, we prefer to walk our dogs, which is hard to do when it's if it's too cold for them. Anyway, right. <laughs> a bunch of times now. Oh, that's turned into maybe like once a week and often on the weekends. I'll go to the gym with her and she kind of trains me. <laughs> so that's, that's sort of fun. She's, she's good at making it like, I'm just a, I'm more, you know, I should pay. That's, I understand why people get paid for that kind of thing, especially right. because if anyone is a, is a, would be a client like me, I, I just complain the entire time and, <laughs> and <laughs> like, you're tricking me and things. <laughs> uh but she's got a good way of like making it it fun and so um so we that has been like a conscious exercise i'll probably work out with jace do one of the jc workouts once a week but sometimes i don't like i'm just kind of slowly working through those um and then if i do one of his then to get the active minutes i'll go out with the i don't have a heavy bag i don't know if we talked about this i wanted a heavy bag yeah and i thought i got one but it's actually what they call strike bag so when you hit it it's it looks like a heavy bag but it's on a big like base oh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah yeah i wasn't prepared for that yeah so that's kind of a, a challenge but um 
but yeah, it's nice to have something to connect with anyway. So I've been doing those things, but it's a real mixed bag of that stuff. And then probably what I get the most is uh, on the days where I'm at work, I make a point to, if I'm going to, cause I would, I would it used to be for the year before the Fitbit, I would time it on my phone throughout the day to try to make up at least half an hour. And then I raise it to a full hour. But those are the days where I hit my marks much more easily, I guess, because of the how much motion that requires and to do it at least 10 minutes at, at a time now, which I right. wasn't necessarily doing before. Um, so I've been like, at first I felt a little bit guilty about that. Like, oh, I should be doing more running. But I was like, what am I training for the Olympi Olympics? Oh, yeah. Like, I, this is this is fun. This is the idea is to to be moving. Um, I haven't I haven't noticed weight loss from exercising since I was 25 years old, like well yeah. over 10 years. So like that's not <laughs> a real priority. So I've been doing that stuff, but uh, kind of in those different mixes. And anyway, I wanted to make sure to just mention some of that because I, I don't want it to turn into when we talk about the goals or action steps that it's just on Palmer. Like, how'd you do Palmer? And then I'm yeah. on this side talking like, oh, yeah, well, it's important to, you know, because I have <laughs> I have bad weeks and good weeks at the things I'm trying to be better well, at. I mean, and I like part of it is that I need some of that, though, too, because here I am, like, listen to me, like busting double D's balls for like really motivating me to like try to compete with him. Right. You know, and not letting me just be a pushover. So now so, you gotta kick double these balls. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> no, it won't happen. Like it won't like yeah, I can't yeah. no matter how you much you're coming for him. Like he could motivate me to twenty two thousand steps a day, but he'll get twenty two thousand and ten. Like well then you oh, gotta you gotta what? you gotta play the same the same shit on him. You gotta wait until the last minute and then like yeah. play the stairs. No. <laughs> I know I it's all in good fun. Like I it's all like it, it's all of that stuff I need. <laughs> and I appreciate, and I hope yeah. that you guys know I appreciate it for sure. Mr. J, are you competitive with, with others or just with yourself or not at all? <laughs> myself. Most of myself. Yeah. yeah I, uh, everyone always asks me because I've been running for so long. They're always like, well, what did you do like a 5K or blah, blah, blah. And it's probably it's a, it's a twofold answer. The first is I'm cheap. Um, so I don't want to pay to run when I can just do it for free. Um, and then I obviously I have no heart because I don't want to raise money for a cause. So there's that. Uh, but <laughs> outside of those two things, I'm, I'm super, I'm, I'm not competitive and I'm super, um, my running is very, uh, solo. I like running solo. I like having yep. to just be out in the mornings, especially just me on the road, no one else around. Um, that's, that's, that's like my Zen. So it's the same thing like when I go for hikes, like it, I, I don't know, I, I have a balance between um, uh, my, I'm, I, most people meet me think I'm very social. I'm a pretty big social butterfly. I love being around people, but I also balance that with a very um, uh, independent side. Um, mm -hmm. And so like when I go for, I go usually go for a walk every week at this park near me. I always, I don't always enjoy inviting people along. Um, I have friends that want to go with me and I'm like, occasionally I'll, I'll do it. But for the most part, I want to just go by myself. Um, running's the same way I like to do it by myself, even like I, what we're talking about today, but like movies, like I, I don't mind going with people. Um, but there is something also very sacred to me about going to see a movie by myself that I really enjoy. Um, yeah. so I don't know, it's just all about the balance, I guess, having the, the super social yeah. side and then also the individual side. No, I'm very totally much good that way too. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and this is one of the, one of the things that Ash and I just are not compatible about that. I, I mean, where it has caused friction 
because both of us are on this like health journey and she is definitely inspired by by a strong active community mm-hmm. um meaning like like let's exercise together let's eat let's do the same eating styles together let's do all this stuff and i can do that to an extent but it's like i can't I can't, I, I, I'm like that. I need to be out. Like if I'm going to go out for a run, like I need to have my headphones in and like get my, get into my own like mental pattern on my, like by myself, I can't like have a comp conversation, you know, and gab I'm out there to like get the exercise done, get it over with. Cause I'm not going to have fun. Like this isn't fun for me. <laughs> so let's just get it over with and like get, move on with the day. So, um, that's, that's also a gender thing too. I think on some levels is, um, you know, I think women more like more are about community and connection and establishing relationships and working with others versus I think guys can be sometimes more in, like, you know, on their own kind of thing. Right. I don't know. I probably just pissed off the one or two women listeners right now by saying that, but <laughs> I'll take the heat. <laughs> that's, total, that's totally fair, though. I mean, it, I don't know. We don't like Well, I think with for guys, it's like an ego thing. Like you don't want to have to. I think it's really hard for two guys to go out on a run or go like weightlifting is a great exercise to do with a buddy mm-hmm. because you want to like compete with each other and like talk shit and get that like to get the like the next press up. You know what I mean? Um, but it's like in a run, two guys can be totally mismatched mm-hmm. and like it won't be fun for one of them, you know? Yeah. One of the re- the re- actually the main reason oh which it what is it double said, double D said women listeners that's a good one <laughs> hey we gotta hope right we gotta hope for something oh, I know Ash <laughs> is one of them so oh, and I'm gonna have she, and it's hard to piss her off so <laughs> it's not actually I've really I made an art out of it myself <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason I like to exercise with the bride actually is. Um, I find that that is because I always struggle, like our fitness levels have always been so different. She's the one who w- can do most of the talking and she will talk just to kind of entertain us. And, uh, yeah. and it's, th- I find it's always the most I learn about what's going on in her life. Like, because mm-hmm. she and I are both people who have extroverted sides like for me it's the like sharing of creative things or performing used to be um and for her uh well she she finds a lot of ways to exercise that part of her personality but she also requires a lot of alone time and uh i do too and and i'm not sure i knew that about myself as much till the last few years and particularly it's coming up and like my i have a there's I, fu- I have a colleague in making uh films for a college that i i haven't had a colleague in doing that for like seven years so like they're introducing me and they're like hey, this is david he never has lunch with us and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> he doesn't like to walk with us because he likes to walk really fast i'm just like oh man okay well <laughs> i guess all that's true <laughs> so i had to tell the guy i'm like okay I, I guess I do like to keep to myself a lot, but I don't mean that to be rude. And my door is always theoretically open, etc. Right, right. But uh, yeah, I've learned that. But so I, I really enjoy that part of the the exercise with her is that she'll tell me about 
what's going on with her because generally we kind of it's it's tough like she's she only opens up about stuff or her day when she wants to and yeah. uh and and then sometimes for me you can't shut me up if i need to which is probably not a surprise to our listeners but <laughs> <laughs> it's i don't do it as much as you would think about just my day to day all of which stuff. are listening right now they're like on the conversation yeah. All of wait. Oh, you mean like every all, all of our, our listeners? Yeah, all four all, of them. All the cast, anyway. <laughs> all, all, yeah, <laughs> which is have all been on episodes before themselves. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, yeah. uh, um, anyways, yeah. So that's so it's sort of interesting what what you say because the other the other part of that is the bride actually I think likes to exercise alone. It's part of her mental health. Like sometimes she just needs that time. And right. I I joked with her yesterday. I'm like I. I know you don't want me to be here today because <laughs> we just had some stressful stuff going on and, and uh, we had to get a new furnace and whatever, but Oh, geez. I th- and so I think she was nervous. I knew she was nervous that we had like the space heaters on and stuff. And I was like, no, I just want to, uh, I know I can make this short. I just want to spend this time with you. It's fun. And uh, for, for me and you're telling me about things and it's like, I, so I'll joke with her a lot of times saying what I think she's, thinking yeah <laughs> which i usually do in her what i say is her voice <laughs> which i still i'm sure will come out of the podcast sometime i thought i was going to try and do it but i just can't do it right now mm-hmm. um it's great fun for me the voice <laughs> and if she's gone for a few days or something and comes back we both realize we've missed the voice <laughs> which mm-hmm. is usually filled with tons of profanity and her whole uh, thing about it is like she's i refuse to like a, to confirm or deny whether or not these things are true, <laughs> like that you're saying that you think I'm thinking, because I'm always saying the worst possible thing. Right. <laughs> anyway, though, so I was saying that yesterday. So I was like, which, you know, if you have heard any shit the bride says, like, yeah. is probably accurate. Like That's at least the, marginally oh, accurate. Yeah. You know. You know what I just realized though, it's like those are things she said. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So if you're saying, if you're, if you're trying to imagine the worst possible things for her to say, I'm like. Well, they can't be that far off. I mean. That's fine. No, they are because I, I, I yeah. say bad stuff. <laughs> That's the fun of it for me. Yeah. But it was funny because she did, did make a point. I like kind of seriously to correct. She's like, "No, I'm you know I'm glad you're here." I'm like, "Okay, good." <laughs> but uh, oh, nice. Yeah. So that sounds it's a little different like than. My heart when... oh, shit. <laughs> oh boy, I'm a bitch. It always warms my heart when the bride like shows her human emotions. <laughs> towards you <laughs> so sometimes i'm just like man she just like just gives dave the business like, oh she does i mean yeah. i do with her as well but i pay yeah. for it yeah. <laughs> actually that reminds me of one I, we don't need to do a full segment but there was one that i thought of today that i came across that's uh so quick shit the bride says before we get into our other things just like a yeah. one-off it's a little different but it's actually it's a good example of her how the same person is both profoundly supportive and like says the things that we've repeated on this show. (laughs) Um, So here we go. Quick burp by me. February 1st. She says she chatted me this, I think on a day I was frustrated with some people at work. She goes, Hey, remember this. You are smart and good. They're batshit crazy and they will pay. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Anyhow, um, what else is going on? I mean, I mean, obviously we're going to talk Oscars and stuff, but I don't yeah. know anything else about just hi, how are you? We could 
touch on first or you want to jump in? I really don't have anything. Well, you, Mr. Shave. Anything new since we last saw you? You're up to four days a week mm. running. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't really know. I had it's my. I, I think I told you guys earlier it was my birthday this weekend, so that was fun. Yes. Yeah. What'd you do? I did got. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, so Friday, my birthday was Saturday, so I had um, a whole bunch of friends out on Friday, and we got some food, and then we did uh, drinks and karaoke, which is always a fun. Oh, nice. Go-to. I love karaoke. So do you have was, some go-to songs. You have some go-to. I do. What I are the go-to songs? So you'll appreciate all of them, actually, probably more so than anyone else. Uh, my first go-to is um, "With or Without You" by U2. Oh, that's nice! Yeah, Holy shit! Um, that's uh, a that's bold too. All it right. is. I can pull it off. Uh, it's one of the oh. few times. I'm, I'm not <laughs> gonna, you know, I can, especially the uh, belting at the end. I can do that. Yes, uh, that's yeah. exciting. The other one is um, uh, "Tool Sober." Is another one. Oh, Moto will know that. Do you know yeah, that one? Yeah. Palmer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a classic. It is a classic. Um, that's Maynard's voice is like perfect in my range. So that's. I wish there was more songs I could do by him, but perfect circle stuff, which I do enjoy, gets a little um, poppy at times. So it's hard to find good, good uh, tool songs you can actually do. A your karaoke. your go to karaoke's are just like mine. They are not good karaoke songs right? at all. <laughs> I do others. <laughs> I do others. I do um like um glycerine bush is a go- is a go to which oh, is really wicked. Well yeah. yeah. Um, and actually so I did so I did I'm I'm starting to do raps now too cuz I love Eminem. <laughs> so yeah. I did like real slim shady I did a wicked real slim shady uh for my birthday and um last I so then so that was Friday and then I did a bunch of other stuff during the weekend but then last night was one of my other friends birthdays and she was doing karaoke so I did that last night. And um, I busted out some new hits with that one. I did, uh, I did um, um, Interstate Love Song. Oh yeah, Because yeah. my friend, violence, he yeah. told me I have a, a, my voice can get gruff at times and be kind of like that register. So she's like, <laughs> I didn't. It was I didn't even I didn't even I I kind of knew the words. Like I know the melody, but I don't know all the words. So it was it was a it was a shocker. I got to do that one. And then the other one was um, Jeremy Jeremy by. Um, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah. Nice. All right. So, yeah. Wow, that's quite a stable. Yeah. Very, very cool. What about you, Palmer? You, you got some? Cause you have. Com- I, like, I have the same karaoke songs that I had when I would used to do karaoke with you. The, but the I have songs. only done a handful of times. Isn't that like part of the <laughs> like your, um, like your form? There's a lot of the people that have been on the show, like Double D, uh, Stan the Man. Isn't like yeah. that group have a karaoke sort of component to it, or am I making yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we would we would do karaoke frequently, Regular. but they're much better. Uh, whenever we would do, when we would go to our professional developments for oh, the nice. school that we all worked at, those would usually be overnights, and then they were usually. We would usually find a karaoke bar. This happened a few multiple times, but like Double D had go to karaoke stuff prior to that group. I'm I'm sure uh Stan the Man did as well. Um but uh and, and I mean they're like they are, are like showmen, right? Like they're like like they go up there, they know the songs that are gonna like freak the crowd out, like um Double D does the Humpty Hump. Uh, oh, all I like, can think of is them doing like Disney uh, princess songs, which yeah. are amazing. <laughs> uh, which I, I mean, like nobody's expecting it. Or uh, Jump Jump, you know, like uh, Crisscross. Yeah, like 
nobody's expecting it it just it comes out of the blue and it's like this perfect karaoke song and then i get up there and i sing like um uh let's see here creep by radiohead oh yeah you know, like like let's just put the brakes on you know uh that's life frank sinatra oh like, that's life's <laughs> a classic karaoke tune uh luck be a lady i'll, I'll do that one too oh, nice. uh when love comes to town and i'll oh. i will if you're not around i will sing both parts like yes. I'll sing. oh my god yeah, yeah. Really? Now, do you sing a, I got this. <laughs> yeah. do, you, yeah. do you kind of change up the your voice for, to to me? Yeah, I will different do. Bo- I'll do Bono and I'll do. Um, I gotta know. hear you guys do this. Yeah. <laughs> so those weird. are all. Those are all my. Go- I mean, that's oh, and fucker gently. I'll, anything oh. by Tenacious D. Like <laughs> yeah, I could do. I, I could do like, anything I by love, Tenacious D. I love D. doing um, tribute. Yeah. Oh yeah. Tribute yeah. and yeah, is it tribute? Yeah, tribute. But I, I, so I go to these things um, in Baltimore area that are called nerd parties and it's all like nerd themed. It's all these nerds that come out. Like they usually do cosplay. They use like themes. Like they had a Harry Potter one. They've done uh, one of the ones I love to go to is wrestler versus superhero. So they always do karaoke. And so I got up there and I'm like, I'm going to kill it with tribute and everyone's going to love it. Cause this is like classic, you know, right? boy, I don't think anyone knew it in the audience. I was like, really? So- like that is an epic I, song for nerds. So and I I can tell this the counter of that story, like the other end of the spectrum of that story. So the, um there's a house that I used to live at that will has come up, I think, already a few times on the on the podcast, and I'm sure it'll come up in the future, called the Grant. And we used to go to a bar to do karaoke regularly. And this was post the grant. Uh where some um, Grant Coteers and uh, people from the school that I worked at and me were all at the bar that we had normally done karaoke at. And uh, we're going through and one of, actually, um, this might be a little tease for our next episode. We'll talk about, an in- so... The first podcast that I did, WPLMR, um, we're at the 10-year anniversary for the release of that podcast, and I interviewed, one of the Grant Coteers had a blog, and I did an interview about that. He was there that night, the, the night I'm about to describe, talk about, where um, he's going through the book, and he had been at my 30th birthday party where Dave and I did a full Tenacious D, a tribute to tribute. Uh, we did a full Tenacious D set where I was Jack Black and he was Kyle Gass. Yeah. And like we did all of the stage stuff. We did like, we did a, it was like a 40 minute set of Tenacious D songs. I'm so sad that like someone in that, in that audience or the backyard had a cam- uh, like a camera. I'm like, I want that footage. I have yeah. photos. I'll tweet photos out with this episode because I was wearing like, I was dressed like Kyle, so I had like red sweats, yeah. <laughs> like pushed up. <laughs> well, um, that guy was at that at that party, so he was happened to be flipping through the book to look for songs, and saw that they had tribute, and he's like, or not tribute, that they had fucker gently, and he's like Palmer. He's like, I'm gonna put, the, and he filled out the ticket and showed it to me, and it said Palmer on it. It said fucker gently, and then it had the number, and I'm like. 
all right, put it in. But while I'm up there, you got to pay the check because they're going to kick us out after I get done singing it. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, okay. So, Wait, why did you know that? Because of the language, or because of how you? Oh, I mean, it's it? fucker. It's the song's called "Fucker Gently." Like it's a, like I, hey, I just knew hey, it's, if a, it's in the book. That means I know that. it's in the book. Fair so game. like, I'm just being, I'm just being cautious, right? Yeah. Like, because it's not. I I had never heard Tenacious D, let alone "Fucker Gently" at karaoke <laughs> ever, right? That reminds me when I at that same birthday party later, it got to the point where we would sometimes do like when love comes to town and stuff. But it yeah. was, I said like, okay, but that's going to shut everything down because the cops will come. And of course and the, the cops, cops came <laughs> and he let us finish the song though. Do you remember <laughs> that? Like, I remember yeah. that. That's so great. Yeah. Okay. How did it uh -huh. turn out at the, at the karaoke? Oh, so, so I went up and I did, I did the song. I did fuck her gently and I nailed it. Like it was perfect. And, uh, I'm expecting like it to just be quiet. Like you like think like blues brothers when they're at the country bar, yeah, you know, yeah. like where it's just like you know, pin drop quiet. Right. Yep. And uh, I finished the song and literally I had never heard an applause, like for me, an applause like that before. And like the table up in front was all these frat dudes. And one of them was like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. And like, everybody was excited and like, nice. So maybe that's uh, it, the one I got to do. Yeah. It was, uh, it was awesome. <laughs> that's, so, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. It seems like we have the same vocal range because a lot of those songs you mentioned, do I like to do creeps one that I like to do as well. So that's awesome. <clears throat> but I, that, hear, I mean, I that, those are like, sometime. those are like my four songs that I do. So in like, and nothing is worse than like knowing the like getting up there and then somebody gets that a ticketed for one of those like three or four songs that I, I can do before I get, Damn get the band. So like, son of a bitch. So but like you know, double D or stand the man, like you could literally just like flip the book and stop and drop your finger on a on a song, put it in, and they they would not only nail it, but bring the house down with it. There it, oh, it is really. You know those like kind of people that you see that do karaoke that just like the next time they have them do an Eminem song, and then yeah. we'll see. Throw the gauntlet down. Come yeah, on. be like, all right, bitch, I got this, and then just put their name on it and have them do like yeah. um because there's that I, I I actually so the one that I really want to do is um it's that's that, that well known known of an Eminem song, but it's called Till I Collapse. Yeah, and um I have I've literally had to practice it. Like I feel like such a dork, but I literally was practicing it because the rhythm is so off that you have to like you have to know the rhythm in order to to do the the words. But yeah, so have them do um what's the the big one uh from the movie from Eight Mile? Oh, um, yourself. I don't know yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah, have them do that. Throw that gauntlet <laughs> down and be like, "Come on, buddy, see if you can do it." Speaking of which, wasn't that nominated for an Oscar? It was. Yeah. Hey, oh, we found it one. We found the uh, thing oh, about, won, which, yeah. about which Mr. J is competitive. <laughs> competitive yeah. karaoke. That's right. Yeah. Like duets with Gwyneth Paltrow and Huey Lewis. Got <laughs> <Scott> speed. <laughs> <laughs> Love me some speed, man. All oh, right. Man. Um, should we hop into the Oscars? Segway. Yeah. yeah Scott like like Speedman has never been nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> which <laughs> I, travesty. I have, Total I travesty. Uh, Twinkie. I didn't. I didn't want to lose this comment. He had chatted this, but I was waiting for us to start talking about the Oscars. But he said this is a story for another time. 
The first Oscars he remembers ever watching was at your parents' house, Dave, back in 1998. I just thought about that today. I remember, because I remember like Goodwill Hunting winning. Um, Actually, Palmer, you know why I thought of that today, which is also a topic for another time, but also a slight follow-up. I listened to my first episode of podcast like it's 1999 today. Oh, yeah? What did you think? Yeah, it was was Blair Witch Project, and I actually did like it. Um, Really? There were times yeah. I'm like, oh fuck, but but yeah. but I actually I, I enjoyed it to where I think I'll listen to the episodes that are about movies I want to hear at this yeah. stage. But that's one thing I like about that the way they're doing that podcast is they're devoting one episode to every movie, so you can be really choosy about what you listen to. What is it? Especially called? Uh, podcast like it's 1999. It's a podcast. I believe I that 1999 is the greatest year in film in our lifetime. And this is a podcast. I disagree, but okay. This is the podcast <laughs> devoted to that. Hey, you can disagree all you want. That's just, it's an opinion. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you could disagree all you want. It's fact. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, uh, but it's a podcast devoted to the films that were released in 1999. So for something about hearing that episode, I, I really got locked into it because uh, I don't usually do this, like listen on headphones if if I am walking at work and stuff. But I just wanted to keep listening to that episode today. But I got to th- thinking about because I think they were talking about the Oscars for that year for 1999, and I thought about this one time I had people over because um, I had that master bedroom in my my parents' house and. Uh, I think at that time I had some sort of hand-me-down bed that took up almost all the room. So I don't know where people sat, but um, I remember Larry was there. And so now, and maybe Bauman. And so Twinkie was there too, huh? Yeah, he says. He says ah. he hasn't missed an Oscar since, since 1998. Oh my gosh. That's, that's 20 so years cool. of Oscars. That's really that's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked. All right. Crazy. Well. Yeah, let's talk some Oscars. That is so cool. Did yeah. Twinkie have... Oh, he just remembered that he, he saw it with me. Yeah. So. Oh, man. That's so cool. What's happening, Twinkie? <laughs> we need another Twinkie's take. Yeah. Take on the Oscars. We need a Twinkie's take on the Oscars because I don't feel like Dunkirk's going to get a fair representation. I just want I just want a, a Twinkie's take on life. I just want him <laughs> yeah. to like, narrate my life. <laughs> yes. his, his That one that he did for the new year, I was just like... He's got such a calming voice and such good delivery that I'm like, he's like in my in my opinion, like Morgan Freeman is obviously number one, okay, to narrate your life. But yeah. I feel like Twinkie could be a close two, like oh my goodness, you know, him but, narrating my life. I'd echo that. That's so cool. You hear that, Twinkie? Actually, if, if, if he's got praise for the long while short drink cast members, listen to that. Right. Indeed, uh, yeah. I like that. Always need a little more Twinkie. Always a little more, more you're the scarier. <laughs> How did was was American movie up for documentary? I'm going to find that out as you do the proper segue. Oh Which I totally watched that 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 um, trailer when you I was listening to that episode. I was did like, you? Because oh. I saw that movie. I don't even remember how. Like I saw a movie a long time ago, and I loved it. Obviously, it's a fantastic movie. But I remember, like, I'm like, I asked myself, I'm like, how? Like, how did I discover this movie? Like, what what was it that inspired me to go out and like? Because obviously. It was way after, as far as my time. Like it just, it wasn't in the lexicon for me. So I was, I, I did see it though, and that's why I was like, I was like, how did I even like, what inspired me to want to see this movie? But it's a good fucking movie. Very oh, funny. I love that movie. Thanks. So, yeah. Uh, not nominated for an Oscar. 
that is horseshit. Like that is one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. You know what is nominated for an Oscar, and we talked what? about it on this show a year what? ago. Yeah, get out, get out. You, get I out. know. Like, <laughs> like, and we said, like, we created the hashtag all the awards, like for for right. that movie, and it got nominated for just about all the awards. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, which I is felt like that was such a long shot at the time in terms of like, it, yeah. Know, but obviously, what happened? The Academy listen to our podcast clearly of course <laughs> one Val kilmer still has a grudge with you as well palmer he's listening as well who does val kilmer i would have a we would have so him. many more listeners if he hadn't boycotted i mean yeah you know, it's just you created that you <laughs> and oh beef Maybe I could should just start the grudge with Nick Nolte for that mug shot. Like that's there what I should go. do. Like I, I should start with a, Nick Nolte. No, okay. I don't. Not not to fuck with them. Just be like, thank you for the greatest. This this you don't understand. I'm sure this picture was taken at a very awful time of your life, but it brings me so much joy every time I either stumble upon it, I seek it out. Just gazing my eyeballs upon that picture makes me a little bit happier inside. Sorry if that's terrible. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> that would be the greatest tweet. Like, just slightly condensed, but definitely with that ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I love that picture. So, um, so the Oscars, huh? Yeah. Yes. The Hold on, 90th before, Academy before, Awards. Before we jump in, I'm going to take two seconds. I got. I want to make sure I plug in my laptop so it doesn't die in mid. Ah, mid oh, yeah. We should do a pee break before we get started on that. I always do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do a pee break. So let's just take 10 and we'll come back. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. back all right, all right. Uh, i may have gotten another beer too so i, I may have I broken our original pack i'm staying it too look at you good man going good strong man. i support that decision and i support it by drinking another beer yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna drink i'm gonna drink my coke zero. Oh boy uh, is that a liter of cola it's actually this is the most ghetto thing so in Dayton, we're not close to any kind of soda distributor, mm -hmm. uh, which really means something if you like soda from time to time. It's super expensive around us. What did you call it? Soda. <laughs> that was aggressive. He's like, what did you fucking say? Yeah, <laughs> soda. I, to change. I have to call it soda now, too, because I live in Maryland. But it's I, I intentionally changed it from so pop. I. I thought pop so is the most ignorant sounding like oh soda just sounds <laughs> appropriate. Like I like it because it reminds me of uh both being a kid but also the U2 album called Pop. Pop. <laughs> I like the U2 album pop. Uh no, it just when I was younger, I was just like pop. No, I'm gonna call it soda. So it's just me. It was just young me trying to sound pretentious, and now 
It's old. I, meat probably, on it. I think I've, I think I've done it a little bit with the soda. You try to adjust yeah. to wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> You're late for. Um, <laughs> so the cheapest soda that you can get in Dayton are these, they're not one liters. They're one and a quarter liters, but they're only, they're 10 for $10, 10 for $10 at Kroger or a dollar a piece. We just get them like a dollar a piece. Oh, okay. But Did you, you at least get the movie reference though? When I said liter of cola? Oh yeah, that's uh Super Troopers. Okay, good. The sequel of which oh. is coming out this Fourth of July. I didn't I expect Dave to get that because I know he doesn't see movies very often. So. I don't watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend, my friend just texted me and she wants to know how does she what what do I send her if she wants to watch you, the YouTube link right now? Uh, she go on to go on to YouTube and search "Long Walk Short Drink." I might be able to send you a link too. Yeah. Yeah, but she has to subscribe and she click has, the bell. She has very strong opinions about the Oscars, so that's why. I, oh, that sounds fun though, because she could chime in on the chat. Well, no, I mean like in the opposite way. She thinks it's bullshit. She thinks it the is, whole thing's that's bullshit. That's fine too. That's, how I, that's how I picked all my movies because it's it is bullshit. Ah, we're gonna get into it tonight. I guarantee it. All right, I'm gonna text it to you just in case this helps. I love the idea of her joining, especially because if we get into any kind of, I don't know, some of your, we're three dudes. So if we could have a female oh, voice, female. that'd be cool. <laughs> While we're having this conversation, too, here's here's my challenge and goal that I set for you, Dave. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the official goal. I'm you need to go and write down all of the Oscar best pictures, for like of all time, of all, and 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 start watching them. That's my advice. Yeah, just like that's go a good through the one. list, and I mean, like I, I mean, like cause I'm doing it too, and obviously, like some of the like I'm I'm pretty much good. I think I've watched pretty much everything from like 1970 on, but. It's the stuff before that, like sixties and fifties and forties and stuff, where it gets murky. Yeah. But, um, but I think if you can give it a shot, that'd be a good way to start. If you want to start getting some education on classic, I would like know. that. Yeah, it's it would surprise you. I've seen more than you would think based on this show, but there are like glaring omissions. <laughs> and yeah. uh, my my major sort of air, uh, like concentration of watching tons of movies stopped about uh, at least ten years ago. Maybe, uh, 10 to 12 years ago and then i got wrapped up and making more stuff than i watched and having to make that decision like i'm gonna make something or watch something and uh the balance yeah <laughs> is, is is definitely on the on the on the making but uh that's a, that's a good idea i actually heard um i listened to this radio show out of milwaukee that i mentioned on this show some from time to time called cinema fireside with the dude from american movie and, and a cup and another guy called gabe van handel and they had a guest on Monday to talk about his top movies of the of last year, and uh, it was cool because it wasn't they were move they were all movies I'd heard of, but they weren't all movies that were nominated for Oscars. Say, and I really really enjoyed like the way this guy was talking about them because it reminded me a lot of the things for which I appreciate movies and I'm mm -hmm. bothered by so, like I I find so much shit irritating I can't even begin to like list and i and i i don't necessarily love that about myself but i i find it's no problem for me to find faults with things so anytime i can actually like something mm -hmm. i try that's why i'm like don't read reviews or whatever because like i don't want to if i yeah. can like this i want to like it <laughs> so but um so i like this guy's approach to things and it got me thinking for the first time in a long time this is yesterday to uh to make a list starting with like the movies that that guy mentioned that i liked from last year and i'd heard about some of these other movies that keep coming up on that show 
is like start some kind of like how can I do it? Like can I put it on a bulletin board? Because I've started these lists in the past, mm-hmm. and then I remembered like how hard it is for me to make time to watch like one thing on a Saturday night, and I'm just like I think maybe I'll just I don't know if I'll do the list. <laughs> do the list. I think you should. All That's right. She says. I'll by take- the way, she said she found the link too, so she's oh good watching. Okay. I've been thinking about that. I've been struggling with these list things. I struggle enough with my very short stack of uh, <laughs> Blu-rays and stuff. Next up for me is to watch, in honor of Frankenstein's 200th anniversary, I'm going to watch the new Blu-ray of Gothic by Ken Russell, which is the fictional, uh, well, it's, it's a based on the real-life summer of uh, 1816 where Lord Byron, Shelley the poet, and Mary Shelley all had a ghost yeah. story contest that resulted in Frankenstein and also... Um, Dracula, really right? the Kind of Dracula, yeah. Not not exactly. Yeah. But this is like, a movie. The movie is called Gothic, but the the scenario is real. Like that's really happened. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the most interesting sort of behind the scenes stories. Of, write it down. Uh, oh yeah, um, just uh, I, I haven't seen Gothic in a while. It's a little odd. Like kind of nineteen eighty six. Like Gabriel Byrne is in it. Not Nastasha Henstridge. Uh, Nastasha, actually, I think she was married to. She's the lady who died. That was married to. Um, That's not the one with Sting, is it? No, no. But there, yeah, yeah. That, that's the bride, that's or the bride. bride, or, or just bride. Oh, I think bride. Yeah, that's yeah. That one is. <laughs> There's so many. Anyway, I'm all for that. Sting one is so awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have that. The, a, a the only good Sting movie is Dune. <laughs> I need to revisit Dune. Dune. I need. Yeah. I haven't. I've seen Dune all of once, and uh, oh, that movie's so good. The original. I'm work, yeah, I'm working on a David Lynch rabbit hole. Going back, going back down it. I haven't been down it for many years, but I'm excited to. Anyway, we're getting off. I'm getting mm-hmm. off topic. I take your uh, challenge. That's a great yeah. suggestion about the best picture thing. I've thought of that often, so it'll be good to be held to that uh, suggestion. Uh, our lady friend has the the link. <laughs> She's URL. texting me right now. <laughs> she says the Sting movie was good. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? All all Sting movie? Oh, bro- I don't know. Bride, Specifically, yeah. the Bride one, I think. Yeah. So, all right, you want to get in this? Let's let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's so, do how it. do you want to how do you want to do this? Do you want to go through like picks do you want to go through best picture like what each bet like what movie i my thoughts on best picture how do you want me to approach this well, i think you you've seen the most of the best picture nominees have you seen all of them i've seen let me put it this way okay because i'm very proud about this i have seen every single major movie nominated on this list not just best picture i mean obviously yes everything for best picture but every every other category as well besides like you know documentary or like the obscure stuff the major wow. topics I've seen every movie, every single one. That's the first year I can say that, so I'm very proud. Oh of man! Well, I've seen very few of them, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I definitely do not feel qualified to uh, lead this discussion. Um, Palmer, what do you think? How many? I I mean, yeah, it. it yeah, it, I I feel like if we start going categorically, it's going to go really quick because I also have not seen very much. Okay. Um, do you want me to bang out the best picture nominations first? Yeah, Just let's let's. Uh, that's a good place to start, and then maybe. I mean, it's long walk, short drink, so yeah. Lord knows we'll go everywhere, and yeah. I'll bring it back to JCB. But always, 
Um, <laughs> and how Cyborg wasn't nominated, and how you're fr- so <laughs> yeah. frustrated. You've been harboring those ill feelings oh, yeah. for a long time, and you know, well, you're that or Time Cop. Yeah. You know. No, fuck Time Cop, but <laughs> Cyborg. No, <laughs> no Cyborg. Let me Let's tell you. Let's not worry. Uh, the director at Cyborg, though he has dementia, Albert Pian has rejoined Twitter, and he's posted some uh, pictures from the recording of the director's commentary and interview for the forthcoming Shout Factory release. So everything is all right. It's cool. But let's talk about some classy pictures. So um, yeah, best pictures. Okay. So let's see here. Um, I'll basically just give you kind of a synopsis and then like kind of my opinion on them. Um, Dunkirk, we've obviously you guys have opinions on that one. Um, Dunkirk was outstanding. Um, I think as far as the, my opinion on Dunkirk is um, obviously the picture itself was outstanding. I thought, um, the psychological effect of that movie was much more powerful. I feel like it put you in a place. Um, it, you re- it really transported you. Um, my favorite thing about that whole movie is the use of the ticking on the clock that's in the background throughout the entire movie. My friend told me that apparently uh, Christopher Nolan actually recorded his, his own watch to use as the sound for the background so that it's constantly ticking. Um, and I thought that that was like the brilliancy of that movie. Um, as far as like standout actors, I don't really think, I don't know. I didn't see anyone that really stood out. I thought, you know, Killian Murphy did a nice job. There were other characters that I thought did a nice job, but overall, I think that movie as a whole is, is more about the, the, the movie itself, the um, creation and the atmosphere that it, that it created versus anything else. Um, My new boyfriend, Harry Styles is in it and he's all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was very impressed by him on Saturday Night Live. So. <laughs> uh, what do you yeah, think but... of that one, Palmer? Uh, which one? <clears throat> Dunkirk. Oh, I didn't see that one. Oh, I like that idea of right? maybe going around for for movies and just in case people have seen them or even have. <laughs> we could do like all critic or like critics sometimes do, which is like comment kind of on things you haven't seen. <laughs> gotcha. But uh, no, I did see that one actually. Um, the Bride brought it up a bunch of times actually the the way that i see movies best that are new <laughs> is if we watch them together cuz she's not so excited to watch things from you know 30 years ago as I, as yeah. i might be um she likes to watch things that are kind of new to video etc or or or, or we like to we love to go to the theater the movie theater together <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah so, but i sometimes I'm just am not in the mood for like it's i don't know some of these serious movies at this state like there's a long stretch of my life where that was really something i enjoyed uh, like intense movies all that stuff yeah. and for a long time now i'm just like you know you give me dunkirk or girls trip i'm like let's watch girls trip no i get that <laughs> and i think that's part of why i love going to the theater because i think that it's very like when we talk like um like darkest hour is another great example of that like darkest hour was outstanding um the post is another great example they're both outstanding movies but I would not normally want to rent that or sit down and watch that at yeah. home. Like, I feel like I need that atmosphere in order to I feel like fully those movies... be. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut no, you No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I just feel that, like, I feel like movies like that, like the post is a great example. Mm-hmm. I mean, Spielberg didn't get nominated, right? Uh, for that, for the post. No. Um, no, he did not. But it just like, I feel like that because you put Streep and then you put Tom Hanks in there and it's directed by Steven Spielberg. And this is part of the problem I have with the Oscars is that they're just 
I feel like some movies just get made just to win an Oscar. They're they're right. just making it to try to win an Oscar mm-hmm. so that they can say this person got an Oscar. Like this this actor or actress only took this part because they knew it would get him an Oscar, or mm-hmm. a director made this movie because they knew it would get him an Oscar. Um, and like I I picked Meryl Streep just because I feel like if she gets nominated, she's going to win. And so just because that's how the Oscars roll out. I'm not the biggest Meryl Streep fan. I know neither. And and I I think she's a brilliant actress, but I, and I don't, I just feel like it's, it's always stacked in her favor. Like she's just, and I know she gets ripped on a lot for that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Meryl Streep fan. I, I think that, it's not, and I always have because I have a really good friend, um, my, my my closest friend named Tommy. He is like uh, we go back and forth about Oscar movies, um, but he is like, like the hugest fucking Meryl Streep fan. And <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, like she's not bad. Like don't get me wrong. Like when I say I don't yeah. like Meryl Streep, I'm not saying that like she's a bad actor. She's a fun. She's a great actress. Right. But I don't think she's worthy of the amount of nominations that she gets. Right. That's I think what I just like. Said. Yeah, that's exactly what I feel like. I feel like like my one of my favorite ones is she, and she still gets her fair share of nominations. But um, um, uh, Kate Blanchett I think is yeah. phenomenal. Or like um, uh, when well, I'm spacing on her name now, um, the girl who was in I was thinking like Chronicles of Narnia. She played the queen, um, the first Chronicles of Narnia. She's um, this was another one. We'll get it. Oh crap! I'm spacing. Um, I somehow still know that Doctor Strange. She's in the new Doctor Strange. Ah, I didn't see that either. She was. (laughs) What is her name? Crap. She's she plays. She can sometimes play like characters who are kind of um, sexually ambiguous. She played a. I know she was in the. This is another reach that you probably won't get. But Constantine. She played one of the angels in Constantine. Oh, um, I do know who you're talking about. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. There yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she's another one that I think is, like, <laughs> super <laughs> underrated. But, you know, she rarely gets nominated. Um, so that I, I totally agree with that. Um, but I guess getting back on topic. Um, Dunkirk. Yeah. Dunkirk. So <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> Dunkirk, I thought, was, like, as, as a whole, was really good. Um, but I don't see it. I don't think I even picked it for... No, I picked I picked director. I picked best direct, best director for that one. But um, that's really all I see, in my opinion, what it would get. Um, I, here's one that I love. So, call me by your name. That movie was outstanding. Do you know anything about this movie? Not, 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 not really. I feel like it. No. <laughs> no. I know it's so, about a professor that goes somewhere and falls in love with somebody's son. Right? So yeah. So. <laughs> basically which i should so say like, we should just do trailer trailer summaries by palmer that's and actually i've never even seen a trailer that's what ash told me the movie was i was like what is that movie she's like it's about a professor that falls in love with somebody's son okay all right got it yeah um it's, uh i should say though that we did get a comment from one of our viewers that says that just yeah. uh we'll wrap up dunkirk with this is that most, uh, and I, I could agree with this, and I think part of it, and and maybe if I'm off track, if I misrepresent it, I'll say the quote, and then I'll give my commentary. How about that? Okay. Uh, most well done war, uh, well done war movies are always excellent. Even Atonement, which is not technically a war movie, was still excellent. And I think I can agree with that, just because it, you got to be heartless, right? If they're, I mean, even 
if, if it doesn't invoke some kind of emotional response like war a well-done war movie right yeah but uh, there's cliche i mean i just went to see um last week i saw that the movie it's like 12 12 strong the one about yeah. the um the rangers that helped kind of overthrow the taliban in uh the middle east yeah and granted i'm, I'm not gonna say like issue was a really good movie but I went into it initially being like, this is like, I, I see so many war movies that it does get cliche. Yeah. Um, and I think that there can be effective war movies and ones that just try to trumpet the, you know, America is great, which I don't really enjoy, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, and she says most well done war movies. I, I would, I, I don't know if I would lump some of those, um, like the, like what you're saying, like the, the, like the pro America war. I wouldn't lump those in necessarily with that group. Yeah. Sure. Reminds me when, uh, I remember when I used to live in North Carolina, I would go around the research triangle to the used bookstores, gathering up all these like filmed books and stuff. And I found an early screenplay, like, you know, th bound by those little, it's like three hole punched for a screenplay, but then like those brackets. <laughs> anyway, we're connecting it. Like it wasn't in a binder or anything like that. It was loose paper for apocalypse. Now, and uh, I got it, and the guy that sold it to me on my way out shouted after me. He's like, "All war movies are pro-war movies," and I was like, "Ah, nah, nah. <laughs> like, <I just> <laughs> um, But that, that's always stuck in my craw, and I, I don't know what I think about that necessarily. But what I did, what I appreciated most about the the perspective of Dunkirk is, of course, so so I'm not someone who's ever been in the military or would ever be brave enough to do so and so um that idea or, or watching the civilians with uh, uh, come in on those boats to contribute mm -hmm. to that effort was was so moving because it was a way for me as a civilian also to relate to that uh, incredibly intense um situation uh yeah. that, that was a, that was a story i hadn't seen before well and, it's funny sorry keep going Fisher. no talk. no uh well, well no, i was just gonna say that i had mentioned before that i wasn't necessarily intrinsically excited to see it you know yeah, i knew right. like i'm like i'm sure this is going to be good um the bride was bringing it up a few times and eventually we did uh, watch it but i also wasn't like totally in for a while i wasn't really invested i didn't i didn't really know what was not that i didn't know what was going on but like <laughs> i'm terrible if something's not my own idea it t it's gonna take a little extra time for me to get into it <laughs> but i will i will i'll give myself credit for that because like uh, i am not someone who's like i i know i don't know i feel like you encounter sometimes where it's like you recommend something and someone's like yeah <laughs> they're just never going to watch it or they're never going to like have an open mind about it oh, so yeah. while i'm slow sometimes i take recommendations I do value them, <laughs> and, uh, you and I should always recommendations from I, me. That's my I, yes, yeah. Well, and usually, usually they are like pretty rewarding. I mean, not always. I'm harder to recommend music for. I will say that. Yeah. But um, anyway, so I did get a. I did really at a certain point become very invested in that movie in a way that I that kind of crept up on me, and um, yeah, obviously it was like masterfully done as all christopher nolan efforts are yes. it didn't stay with me too terribly much for whatever that's worth yeah well it's funny as, as we were saying about that that it's there are very few things i remember from history class in in high school even though i teach history now i hated i hated history in, in high school and that was it when i learned about that moment when um they were sending the the, the civilian boats 
I remember thinking to myself in high school, like, this is incredible. Why isn't there a movie about this story? Because oh, this wow. is such an incredible story. So That's Christopher cool. Nolan beat me to it is basically what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah. It could have been my movie. Christopher Nolan got to it first, so you know that is what it is. <laughs> well, that's uh, what I'll take away from it. I mean, that's that I didn't know about that prior yeah. to this, and now I do, and that that's kind of enough. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's a cool thing that movies can do. You know, yeah. um, I don't know if it's on Andy's lists, but uh, we also I don't know how she got me to watch um, Wind River. Did you ever guys see yeah, that? Yeah, that, is that the mm. one about the? Um, the girl that gets killed on the uh, Indian reservation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That movie. <laughs> Fucking epic. I really liked that movie with Jeremy Who's... Reiner and um, yeah. I think who else is in that? That that girl. Uh, Elizabeth was... Olsen is the main lead. Yeah. So, that was good. I, I had so, so that movie. Like I was sorry. This is jumping around a little bit, but uh, whatever. It's long. <laughs> it's what we do. Um, I don't. I don't know why she wanted to watch that movie. Uh, maybe because a lot of my. A lot of the bride's background has a has a root in working with uh, American Indian communities, and so she has a special interest there. We um, and uh, so so there was that, and then, so we, so this movie, which stars Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen plays a an FBI a young FBI agent brought in on on this case because uh, I mean I guess are they the ones that have jurisdiction over? Um, because it's not a state issue with reservations or, or, or Indian land. I think that's right. I could be wrong about that. Um, hope someone correct me if I am. Um, but yeah, so this murder happens and I, th there's this general epidemic and problem of uh, American Indian women going missing and nobody really giving a shit. <laughs> like it, it's staggering numbers. Um, and so the movie was like really well done. It's like, oh God, is it brutal? Uh, but I was so troubled, like watching it. I'm like, why the fuck is Jeremy Renner the like guy in this movie? Like, I, I was kept waiting for the moment why it made sense that this is a story about a white man helping Indian people. Like, it made sense to me that that the Elizabeth Olsen character was a, a, like a, a young because he's Jeremy guy. Renner. That's why. I guess I was just like I was just kind of let, like that put me at a distance because I. Mm. He's like the he's like you know hardened hero, and this is from the guy that made uh, Hell or High Water. This is something that blew yeah. blew my mind. He's also movie. yeah, great great movie. Like uh, this guy, the guy, the director, writer, director Taylor something. I think Sheridan. I, I could be wrong. I think that's his name, Taylor Sheridan. Played the sheriff on Sun, the first two seasons of Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> so that that kind of blew my mind. That like this guy that they've been talking about really because of these two movies. I didn't yeah, know that like, was. I didn't know that either, and I learned it, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so I was super just impressed by that guy's career trajectory. <laughs> uh, from, but anyway, so I'm watching it, and it's like, wow, it's brutal. And I, and it's not that Jeremy Renner was bad. I just, it just rubbed me the wrong way, and I kept waiting. Like, why is it important that he be a white guy? Like, what does that add to the story? Elizabeth Olsen as the F outsider FBI character that made sense. Like, she yeah. was the fish out of water that helped you see sort of the differences in culture and. It made sense to me. It never made sense to me why he was in that role until the end when the, the screen comes up about like some numbers about that problem with, uh, you know, these missing American Indian women and stuff. And so the bride and I were talking about it for a few minutes and we're like, you know, why do you think, you know, that was? And, and then at the end of the day, it's like, well, of course, like so many movies that don't even have anything to do with uh, marginalized communities, like certain actors can get, things made 
So if it takes Jeremy Renner playing a role that would all in all likelihood make sense to go to a Native American guy, um, just to get that end screen message out there uh, to, to people that see that movie about that problem. I guess what got me to that point was the Dunkirk thing. Like I didn't know about the civilians that came to the aid of that battle. Oh yeah. And I didn't necessarily know about the epidemic of um, un unresolved or un uninvestigated missing American Indian women. And I do because that movie got made, which is probably because of Jeremy Renner. So <laughs> that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else about that movie? I mean, that, that was a well-made movie. movie. Uh, I don't know if it's nominated for anything. What's but. his name? Um, Barenthal, the guy that played Punisher. Yeah, he was from Walking Dead. Yeah, he was. He was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely check that one out. Um, so I guess back to if we can get back to Oscars here. Um, so call me by your name. So yeah. So as 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 Palmer so eloquently put, um, the the basic premise is that there is a um, uh, this Italian family. I think they're Italian. Um, Italian family that uh, like the father is a, um, a professor. Who said say they fucked or anything? I said they fell in well, love. You could have added that. You could <laughs> Did, have added that. Is that part of it? Um, that is part of it. Well, uh, I, I didn't want to be like crude. Well, well I mean, oh, I'm, come I, on, I, do, no I don't mind being that. crude. I'm just saying, like, uh, <laughs> I was it but consensual. Should I? They fall in love. What is the age range? Yeah, they fall in love, and it happens to be romantic and physical and physical. As yeah. all good romances are. Um, all good romances like, how old are. is this? How old is this? So, kid? so this, so, so this guy comes who is basically studying underneath the his dad, and he's there for the summer. And um, that's the what kid, that's what he said. Right. <laughs> I was trying to leave it alone. Whoa, I appreciate it. That was good. <laughs> uh, and so he, um, basically, the son, definitely. I think the son's like maybe seventeen. Um, I mean, it's. It's young enough to make it a little uncomfortable, but I also think you have to take into effect, like, I don't know, I'm generalizing here, but I feel like European interpretation of that scenario versus American interpretation, I think is a little bit different. Um, is that fair? Do you think that's fair? Or am I being enough? I, just, I, I mean, I think you <laughs> fair subjective. I think <laughs> I, look at the world we live in right now. I think you can justify just about anything. Right. Well, I think, on... I feel like, I feel like Europe, Europe's um, interpretation of sexuality and like nudity and stuff like that is much more tame as far yeah. as like general acceptance of it. And, and whereas America is very controlled by uh, censorship and sex and stuff like that. So I think that, that in that sense, um, it was for me, it wasn't hard to get past, like to be like, okay, like here's a young boy who, you know, a young teenager who's basically almost an adult who falls in love with this other guy who's clearly in his like twenties. Um, but there's plenty of movies with old dudes falling in love with young girls. Right. Exactly. Okay, exactly. So, so I think it doesn't I bother me. The thing well, it sounds I, like context too. It's not like it's a lifetime movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, uh, they're trying to get at something with it. Yeah. <laughs> ultimately. I mean, it, it basically tells the story of this relationship and um, the, like the idea of like a, a, a relationship that's not meant to last um, without spoiling too much, obviously, but um, it, it definitely, I don't know the, the movie itself was like, if you know, like the definition of like an independent film, like a lot of independent films are like, just like a snapshot of life. Like they're very true to life. They're very like true to relationships in life. There's not like that Hollywood story, you know? 
Um, and so this was very much told that way. But what, what really made it amazing was um, the father who, I'm going to have to look this actor's name up, but um, it's the guy who actually was also in Shape of Water. He was also in The Post. He's in like three movies nominated right now. Um, and he plays the, um, let me check it real oh, quick. Oh, I'm so close to this guy's name. I know exactly what you're talking about. God. He played the, the, if you saw Shape of Water, he played the, um, I didn't. the uh, Russian, I saw. The Russian the um, spy. I think he's the dad in. Uh, he's in so many things. He but was. I think in I, he's Boardwalk the dad Empire. In, That's how I know him. He was the New York gangster from Boardwalk Empire. I feel like he's the dad um, in I Heart Huckabees. <laughs> I don't know about Richard that. something. Um, Michael Stolberg. Oh, I'm I'm thinking the wrong guy. Michael Stolberg. Is that him? Yeah, I think that's him. He's not yeah. famous. So he gives <laughs> this. Um, he does this incredible like closing monologue. I want to like get it just so i can like do it like if i ever like try out for something it's that good it, he does this monologue to his son because it's kind of like understood in the beginning that maybe his parents don't know that he's gay and so there's like this whole speech that the father gives to the son like towards the end of the movie about like love and the importance of love and having like a true love and and how you pursue it his parents are amazing in this movie as far as like being supportive and appreciative of him being gay um, because he never really says it to his parents, but obviously they figured it out. And so there's this speech at the end, like towards the end where this kid, cause eventually obviously the guy who's um, played by army hammer who has to hit summers over. So he has to leave. And so the boy is like torn up because this, this is like his true love that's, that's leaving. And his father, I'm going to let that one go. Right. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Come on! That was too easy. That was too easy. Fucking dude's name is Army Hammer. Right? I know. (laughs) So so he basically gives this big speech about the importance of like a true love. And it like honestly, like up to that point, watching that movie, I was kind of like, yeah. Like, I'm not really sure if this is gonna be worthwhile in the end. That that speech alone clinched the movie, like made it go from like barely passable in my opinion to incredible um well like easily one of my favorite movies of the the nominated for the oscars and Mm. it's just it's just a beautiful story in my opinion it's a beautiful story it's beautiful how it handles like a homosexual relationship which i'm not gonna lie i'm very i've always been very open and supportive of, of homosexuality and 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 homosexuals but i will say that i still sometimes have issues watching the occasional like you know man on man type scene um i've tried to always push myself to get past it because i feel like love is love and you should be appreciative of all love um but i will say with this one especially like i really appreciated it um because it really tries to transcend that and try to be like more about this is just a love story um so i that i think that movie it, it of my takeaways like if i give you guys advice as far as what movies to check out that's one of them um I think it's definitely worth checking out. Um, Are you talking like um, Affleck level of uh, chasing Amy speech, like <laughs> love confessional uh, speech. Better. I know it's a different kind of better. Oh! Yeah, I actually. And you know, chasing Amy is number three on my list, so that's, <laughs> that's safe. right. Oh yeah. my god! One of these days, we got to get your proper list as like a show. Right. I don't know if I could do a list like that. Oh, it's, it's been okay. a long time owned owned thing that I've. I've it's amazing on. that you maintain that. Well, All right, yeah. keep us keep us so, going. Okay, keep us going. So, um, Darkest Hour. Um, kind of two quick things to say about Darkest Hour. Uh, do you need to see it? No. 
Um, I don't think, unless you're like a war fan or you're a Gary Oldman fan, that's what I would say, go check it out. Or you're like an Oscar aficionado and you haven't seen it, then check it out. But you're not going to lose anything by not seeing it. I will say I'm a huge, huge fucking Gary Oldman fan. I think he's probably one of the, by far, one of the most underrated actors. He's incredible. He does so many amazing things. His roles are always outstanding. But I would say in this in this category, he kills it. He play, he completely portrays Winston Churchill. Looks nothing like himself, like just as he always does. Um, his performance is outstanding. And I will say, kind of like what you were saying, Dave, earlier about like seeing Dunkirk. Like this is one of those movies that I probably would not normally sit down and watch, but having seen it in theaters, I'm a, I, I appreciate that I went and saw it because it was a very interesting story, um, especially from like the history perspective. Um, and I thought he did a great job. But as far as like if I was to rate these movies as to which ones you can see and which ones you can skip, unless you're a diehard Gary Oldman fan, I think you'd be okay missing this. How one. many How many awards does Gary Oldman deserve, Dave? <laughs> All the awards. Oh, my God. Everyone! Oh, I missed it. Thank you for, for picking that ball up. Fucking A. Yeah, there was... The, I mean, I saw every Gary Oldman movie up until the late 90s, maybe early 2000s. Like, he you're was telling me you didn't see Tiptoes? Uh, that doesn't ring a bell, no. Is, when did that come out? I think that was later. You got to check that one out just for the fact that he plays a midget. Like he actually plays. Oh my plays God, really? Person. And I don't oh. even know, like, it, and it's not like CGI, like, cause, because Gary Oldman can play any fucking role and contort himself. Does in he a do way like that, a dwarf? A dwarf? Yeah, he plays a dwarf, basically. No, I mean, uh, dwarf, the guy, like, dwarf goes golfing. Is that what that guy's name is? Where he's no, like, it's not like that. I, I honestly don't remember how they did it. It's got Kate Beckinsale. So Force perspective, probably. They probably did the Hobbit's trick. Perspective. It was, yeah. It's it's not a great movie, but it's definitely worth. If you're a Gary Oldman fan, you gotta check it out. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I th- there was a handful of actors that was totally how I watched movies up until a certain point until I switched to directors, and then eventually I just kind of fell off from did, being such a completist about so many things. But I was a, I was and remain a huge Gary Oldman fan. But I I used to literally like see everything. Yeah. Uh, and well, I tweeted out, out when stuff. I tweeted a picture out of him in makeup when they, yeah. Like, like, there's one of those I didn't cast. Um. Um, yeah, we'll have to share that with Mr. J. There's like, a lot of them I got, but one of them I couldn't place. I honestly would would never have thought about Gary Oldman playing Churchill. There's a great conversation for on the behind the scenes for Inglorious Bastards for the guy that played Churchill in that, mm. talking about Quentin Tar- when Quentin Tarantino reached out to him to play Churchill, and he's like, "No, this guy plays Churchill. He like he plays Churchill and everything." And there's another British actor who had played Churchill like multiple times in different movies. And uh, I thought that guy did a brilliant Churchill and I never would have picked Gary Oldman, but that makeup, he looks fantastic. Yeah. Is the the makeup distracting? No. Like uh, what was it when Leonardo DiCaprio played? Who did he play? Someone uh, equally kind of like, ah, that doesn't seem right. And they had him in a bunch of makeup and a little odd. Yeah. Um, it's not Nixon, but where was it? Oh, uh, no, you're thinking about The Aviator, the movie The Aviator. No, no, it was after that. Like, it was something where it was barely recognizable and it might have just kind of like nobody remembers it anymore because it was like. Speaking of Leonardo DiCaprio, did you end up watching Silence? Like, no, No. not you, Mr. J. Did you watch Silence? I was still sitting there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was telling you guys, I picked up Boy and I picked up Silence upon your recommendations. That's so exciting. I watched Boy. Which I thought was really enjoyable, um, and I have because silence. I didn't realize it's like a two and a half hour investment. That's like oh, it's so long, it's and it's so and it's seriously like just hide any 
razors and <laughs> it's, it's not a movie when you get done with it you're just like all right catholics like you know you're and they're the ones Yay, that get persecuted like it's finally like they get like it's like the tables are turned like they're the ones being persecuted um oh man like whoo yeah it is it was rough Jesus yeah, I'm, is I'm scared rough. of that movie. <laughs> but but yeah. at, at the same time, it's what I would have eaten up years ago. And part yeah. of me still wants to dive into that, but for some reason it's just harder for me now. I you know, Ash and I get the, get we talk about this some because she wants to watch we we I think we debate more about what to watch television show wise than we do we have a much greater disparity in television shows than movies. Like we can watch movies that both of us like really easy. Television shows, it's really hard because she wants to watch like, like the really good dramas. I and she thinks I don't enjoy those. I do. I just cry like a baby when I watch them. You know what I mean? Like, and why oh, do yeah. I want to watch something that's just gonna make me feel like shit and cry the whole yeah. for an hour? You know what I like? I'm I, I don't have enough time for that. Like it used to be when I had more <laughs> time, I could watch those big heavy movies. Yeah, and then burn another six hours after that watching comedies and horror movies to like get out of the rut that that movie put me in. If I can only watch one movie in a five day period and I watch silence, I'm going to carry that shit for that five days until I can watch something else to get it uh, out. Of yeah. You know, it's one you should check out if you want to carry it with you. I don't know if I told you this one. I think we did. Yeah. Cause I think I showed you the trailer when I was first on, but the one about a movie called American honey. Yeah. I've been, that's oh, yeah. one of the, yeah. I, I did because of that, uh, appearance yet i did watch 127 hours but i've been i keep remembering like ah, i need to see that american honey so yeah. thanks yeah. for reminding me that's again. a good yeah. one um all right well, jay, Ed jay edgar is the one just just a oh, oh jay edgar that. yeah he i didn't see the movie but i was yeah. distracted by his makeup but the pictures i've seen of uh gary oldman do not look distracting it looks pretty it's cool. the same with a uh, uh brad pitt in benjamin button i think that's oh, yeah, distracting. That's, that's that's super distracting yeah by the way, my friend Nicole, she's the one that said the comment about um, about the war movies and stuff. So she is she is now participating in the conversation. Sweet. Yeah, I I dropped the URL to the to the page of the so you guys can see the chat too. So that welcome way. Nicole. Oh yeah. yeah. So in the chat, if you click that, just make sure that you oh, click because it's on a delay. Just make sure you yeah. click mute that actual video that opens. Or else you won't be able to talk because you'll hear yeah. us five seconds in delay. Yeah. Okay, I got you. I to watch every Leonardo DiCaprio movie too. I so what I do, what I do is I usually will stack my windows so that I can still see that chat window and my and my hangout screen. I'm worried about eating up my internet bandwidth because you're it, not going to. That's just text. No, that's, that yeah, that's nothing. So the, the um, YouTube feed or wait? No, no, you should it's be fine. More oh, than no, you should be fine. You're fine. You're fine. Thank you. Um, I'll go on. Moving on. So we all obviously there's a whole episode dedicated to get out. If you want to check out the earlier episodes of Long yeah. Walk Short Drink, uh, dedicated to get out. I think. Um, by the way, sidebar, get out is my choice for best picture. Really? Whoa. Because here's the thing. Okay, and here's why I picked it out. I think best the best selection for picture. Like if you pick best picture, it's the movie that defines the times. Oh. Um, I think that it's the movie with the most uh, significant message. And I think for those sakes alone, while there's a lot of movies that I would say, me personally, I like better. I, I really loved Get Out, don't get me wrong. Um, but I also could say, like, I loved, obviously, Call Me By Your Name. I loved Lady Bird. 
Um, I think of all those, that's those are the two that kind of stand out. But um, I think that Get Out is the best depiction of current social issues. Um, I think that it says there's so much depth to it as far as its social commentary on society right now and on race issues. Um, and so I think that that alone, if, if the Oscars are smart, if the, the judges or whatever they're called um, are smart, they would pick it out because I think that it's, it's one of those movies too that transcends the, the general idea of like what, what some people say is like the politics of the Oscars, like the, you know, the kind of stiff upper lip kind of aspect of the, the Oscars, I think get out is not only a phenomenal, effective box office hit with pop called like with the popular culture, but I think it, it's the most well selected movie for, a depiction of current societal concerns or, or issues. I, uh, I would, I would agree with that. I did not pick it though. So oh, I did not pick that one for my best picture. Um, I, all of that reasoning, because I feel that the Oscars have in the last few years switched to where they're trying to, appease some kind of social and cultural thing which in my opinion just makes it that much more obvious and that much more it feels forced you it feels like they're just giving those awards away instead of actually feeling that way you know yeah. what i mean a like, lot of it does feel like pandering like remember when yeah. they got the yeah. big criticism they're like oh okay here's everything that has yeah which, and, oh, then, and then like, shitty too like it's a yeah. it's a real i don't know how to think of it you know yeah and that and that that part is the uh, that part is the part that just that gets me because I picked and and I haven't even seen this and I'm sure it'll be the next one to talk about because I picked Lady Bird uh, just because of the like I I feel like they would be that tone deaf to try Ooh. to pick something so mine's mine's more of a, a, pr a prayer and a hope and yours is more of like being kind of like this is how it's gonna play out because this is how it always plays out kind of thing yeah like ladybird um, feels like pandering to me too though i, no, I, I don't mean that in a bad like, way I, I saw both those movies i love both those movies uh wow what am i trying to get at? I, I feel like there's a good discussion to be had in here also there's tons of minds to step on um i know as you say you got to be careful that, but I, I feel like, and again, it, I think if we keep coming back to though, I, I have a problem with that from the standpoint of looking at the Academy, not those movies getting awards. I feel like all of them, of course, deserve to be awards. I don't, but, but well, they deserve to be nominated. There's one that I'll throw a wrench in the works here when we get to it, but, oh, keep nice. um, <laughs> yeah. but they definitely, uh, it, it devalues it if you if it feels like they're just doing it to to cater to a social requirement as opposed or, to well, and I'm actually feeling that way. Yeah. I like like the Golden Globes. I love the Golden Globes. I like we should do like we next year we should do a Golden Globe show instead. Fuck Globe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Golden Globes. Fuck that noise. I feel like you're just being contrary on purpose, Mister J. I'm not. I hate the Golden Globes. I think the Golden Globes are like a mockery of like what really because should they're be. fun. 
<laughs> like, no, it's like okay, let's go watch the MTV Awards, and we'll talk about that too. Because <laughs> oh, there's a couple I think you're things. Contrary on purpose. You're trying <laughs> to. There's a couple of things I want. I want to make sure my, my show. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think part of it, like, and I don't have the answer to this now about the Golden Globes, and I and I don't know that now is the point. Maybe after a break or something. But I did look up who votes for the Oscars because that was bugging me. Because I hear about like certain celebrities that I know, and they're like, I watch my screeners. I'm like, who the fuck gets screeners? Like, how do you get screeners? How do you get to right. vote for this? Who yeah. is it that's really picking this? And uh, so I like, I have some, I have an article up about that. But maybe for the moment, and while we're on Get Out, uh, yeah. I wonder how much. So so yeah, I yeah, I love Get Out. I love this idea that that's up for a Best Picture. I worry about. The sincerity of it, and then does that somehow diminish it? You think they're pandering? I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think yeah, probably a little bit. People, you know how we talked before. I'm not sure about the common folk, (laughs) but, but, but when we talked before about this idea of like movies getting made, like they just seem like what an Oscar movie is, Um, and I think there is a kind of a an idea of what that that sort of prestige picture is. And I think it has been changed over the last so many years. I heard it was that 1999 podcast where they were talking about some shift in the Academy around that time Um, that, you know, the Academy of whatever 1999 would never have allowed say Lord of the Rings to be nominated. And back then there was five pictures. Yeah. So I don't know the like inner workings of all that, but I do know this idea of like what an Academy award type movie is and i love the idea personally that a get out could be in there so what i'm wondering is like how much between those two things that idea of like the old guard of this is what these people have traditionally put uh, the academy have put into the best picture or whatever race the politics of it all mm-hmm. with that i what we were talking about before or at least certainly i was that so you got dunkirk taught me about the fact that the civilians contributed to that battle you got um wind river with which i had political problems with still got an idea out there it's still got that idea out there so is it is it like is it the worst i'm i'm this is uh not a this is not a challenging question this is a question i'm asking myself too is it worth it that whether it's panning or pandering or whatever that a get out is nominated for best picture something that doesn't seem like it would fit both in because it's a a horror movie and two feels like it's like, Oh, this is a way to appease um, something we were lacking in the past. Right. If that's the reason why they're doing it, maybe that's not certainly pure, but maybe it's also good. Like, like with wind river, I think it's good that that the whole movie's worth it for that message to get out there is the, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I think, yeah, Yeah, no, I (laughs) think, I think the, Social commentary is the piece that you got to focus on. I think that while, because if, if you think about when that movie came out, no one, honestly, no one was expecting it to be as big of a movie as it was. You know, um, even the director did not think it was going to be as big as it was. And I think what people connected with was the ability, that's like the beauty of film, in my opinion, is, is the ability to um, capsulize a moment in our time like in like what are in that moment like that year or even like those years however you want to look at it that is summed up in what's going on socially and i feel like that part of it was 
so powerful. That was the part that when you saw that movie, it hit you in the chest. I think mm-hmm. anyone that was that was white that was watching that movie, I think it was like boom, like it just knocked you in the chest. The reality of what the social commentary of that movie was, and I think that's why you nominated for best picture. I think that's the significance of it. now whether, like you said, like whether they're they're nominating it to Panda or whatever, it is what it is. But well, I that's think, Oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, no, well, you go. But I, I, I think that, though, that's the thing is like, that's the point that I, I, at least the point that I was trying to make was that, of course, that's why we would nominate it. But I just feel like the history of the, with the history of the Academy, that I, I feel like that, that I would want them to nominate it because of all those reasons that you just said. But that's not why they nominated it. They nominated it because they, you know, three or four years ago, they got a lot of shit because they didn't nominate anybody okay. of, you, you know, anybody Super of color. Right. So they're just like, yeah, you know, so it's here's, just, here's, here's kind of my point. Cause this is where I, cause I've gone back and forth with the Oscars. Initially I was not a fan. Like, I think like when I was young, I loved the pageantry and stuff. And like, I think the first one that I remember watching was like the one for Jurassic park where I was like, Hey, I saw that movie. And like, I could connect with it. But I think as time went on, especially as I got older, I did get frustrated because I felt like there were so many great movies that were nominated. And obviously there is a lot of politics to it, but here's, here's, I came back around because I feel like in my opinion, there just isn't an appreciation in our culture for good filmmaking. Okay. Now I know I'm completely setting myself up to be attacked on that, but I feel like the, what you would call like the common person now, and again, don't get me wrong. I am a fan of all kinds of movies. Like I love my superhero movies. I love my big budget movies. I love my Star Wars. I love. I see it pretty much anything as long as it gets decent reviews. But that said, I feel like what I appreciate about the Oscars and why I think the Oscars need to continue to exist as they do, whether you agree with the winners, when you look at that nomination list, okay, so when you're looking at Best Picture, my opinion, you should see all those movies at some point. Most of them, if not all. If you agree with the process of how the Academy makes those nominations, I don't. But see, I think what I think you can say, I think you can say, at least in my opinion, you can say I don't agree with the winners all the time. But when I look, when especially as you know, obviously, I see a lot of fucking movies throughout the course of a year. When I think of like my like what I would define as like maybe not my favorite movies, but the movies that are the best reflection of what film is and what film should be. 70% 70% of it is on that Oscar list. And so I think for what it what it allows for is, I think for people like us that are more, um, our, our cinematic interest and appreciation is more honed, um, I think we can do whatever the hell we want as far as like, because we're going to see movies. Like We're going to go out of our I, ways I to I'll... see independent films. We're going to go out of our ways to see, you know, different films. But I feel like, as a, as a cultural touchstone, I think it's important that this exists because it forces more people to go out and see the movies that they don't normally see. And here's a great point for it. If you think about whatever wins Best Picture or whatever's nominated for Best Picture, those movies will get pulled back into theaters because I'll see them on their first run when like no one's seeing it. And then that movie will come out later and, and it gets people talking. I mean, like people come up to me that I work with that are like, have you seen this movie Lady Bird that I'm, I'm hearing all about? And I'm like, yes, I saw that movie like four or five months ago when it came out. It's a phenomenal movie. But what it does is it allows for our culture to discuss these films and have them become more readily available. And in turn, 
get more money towards those directors and those writers and and kind of keep that, those movies in the forefront. That's what I think is important about the Oscars. That's why I think that the Oscars need to continue to exist because they force people, common people, people that maybe don't see movies all the time or that you know don't go out of their ways to see something, this might force them to do that. And I think that's what's important because that's something that's often lacking, in my opinion, of like what's a like what majority sees. Majority goes and sees Avengers. Majority goes and sees King Kong against The Rock. Like that's what people go to see. And I'm not knocking that because I enjoy those movies as well. But I think what I love about film and what I appreciate about film is the things that the Oscars do in general. The idea of art form, of storytelling, of narration, of dialogue, of uh, personal perspective and social commentary. That's what I think. Now to you. <laughs> it was a long rant, but that's, that's my opinion. Uh, yeah, but you don't think that anybody can see those things in a movie like The Avengers or or like Star Wars or... <sighs> see, this is where we're going to get ugly. I think that... Um, <clears throat> because, I mean, a lot of the I things think, that you're saying yeah, are right. you're, like you're... Because what you're saying is uh, all of those things, though, you can you can debate what you would consider to be good like very on point cinematography in a film mm -hmm. um but at the end of the day it's still a, it's a piece of art that you're trying to elicit a reaction in somebody consuming that art with hmm. so I, I i'm i don't know it's really pretentious and just it is. pompous it is. and just I, like I, and, and you know say, what? like just say like i you you should you're a common person. If you don't see every movie on that list, that's a little yeah. elitist for me. I, I can't get behind that. Yeah. So I think, I, 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 I think that movies are made for people to enjoy. So mm -hmm. all movies should, if you can find enjoyment in them, then you go see them and don't, don't take a bunch of crusty old white people to tell you what the best made movies for the year was go out and actually see those movies and enjoy them. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me because I've I've come full circle in it. I've I've completely been where you've been, Palmer, as far as like like I can think of when Lord of the Rings came out and like how for so many years, consecutive years, they just kind of shunned fantasy and they've shunned sci-fi and they don't give, in my opinion, sci-fi and fantasy the respect it deserves as far as genre and, and filmmaking. But at the same time, when you ask me today. Because I've I feel like I've become jaded over time with like what is considered a box office hit. Um, I think there are exceptions. So let me give you an example. I know you guys for a while ago were talking about like the um, the uh, Planet of the Apes movies. Planet of the Apes movies are phenomenal. Not the Planet of the Apes movies are as far as like the if, if you ask me like in recent history what like the 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 biggest. Uh, like bad call for the Oscars was was not nominating Andy Serkis for something because his ability to portray a character through animate through like whatever animatronics whatever it's called CGI um, is phenomenal and and his inter his his performance as Caesar in any of those movies especially the last one or the last two in my opinion um, is so worthy of an Oscar and and the story that's told in those movies is so worthy of an Oscar so while I don't disagree with you. Because I think that the Oscar can be very political, and I think the Oscars can pick maybe not always afford the movies that are worthy, like Disaster Artist. Disaster Artist was a phenomenal movie. I loved that movie; it was great. And that one's only nominated for what I think one award, best uh, adaptation. 
Um, so that said, yes, there are always exceptions to the rule. But I will say across the board, if you look at what is like the big blockbusters, I would say maybe 50 to 60% of big blockbuster movies, in my opinion, aren't the best form of filmmaking. I think there's elements of it. And I think what happens is you get too many people involved as far as Hollywood goes, and it, it, it chips away at what could have been a really much more compelling story. Um, but I mean, I'm so disappointed on a consistent basis with certain blockbusters that I'm really looking forward to seeing because I'm a nerd. I love superheroes. I love sci-fi fantasy. But there are so many times where I go to see that movie and I'm just like, I love it. And then I get out of the theater and I'm like, what did I just absorb? And was it something that was truly like impactful? Like I can think of, like I always attribute it to when you like eat, I think I've said this before, but like you eat a lot of like shitty food and like, you're like, oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And then you're like bloated and you're like, oh, and then you like take that moment where you're kind of like, I just ate like a whole bunch of shit that was like not were like yeah like, but that big greasy pizza is fucking good <laughs> just but, like a big like shitty like that's true and in the moment it might be great, award, some of but, those are fucking amazing but like i want to know that i can go back to that pizza i want to know that i can still appreciate that there like i can give you an example because like, i know you're a superhero but you're you watch you see most of the marvel movies some of them so yeah. like, did you see civil war captain yeah. america it's like when I saw that movie, I was like, this is fucking awesome. I'm loving it. This is so amazing. It's so great. And then I got out and I was like, so what did I actually just watch as far as storytelling goes? Like, were there compelling characters? Were there act like strong dialogue? Was there a narrative that was consistent throughout the whole movie? Did it focus on character development? Did it? And I'd be like, mm, not really. So I'm not saying that's a bad movie. I enjoyed it. I paid money for it. I, I liked it. But would I say that it's something that's like high caliber? I wouldn't because it's not memorable. Of course not. It's people in tights. Well, that's... hold on now. Hold on now. Logan, which I showed you today, right? Logan, that's a fucking epic. That's a superhero movie <clears throat> that has an incredible character arc that tells the story of, of you know, this, this haunted, like torn person that's trying to find his way in life and you know, has these morals that he tries to live by. And like, that was a fucking compelling story. That's strong storytelling. So I'm not saying that you can't have that. Which you made can't. more money? Which one made more money? Yeah. Civil War, Logan, Civil War. But right. does that, so you're saying that if, if, if a movie makes more money, then that's, that's. No, but I'm just, but like, I'm trying to make the argument that the more people that see it, you have a better chance of more people are, might be enjoying it, you know? Um, and, and maybe, this is getting into a conversation that Dave and I had uh, on the last episode about how just watching a movie for the sheer joy of and watch of, of watching it. You're yeah. making a great case of why I can't enjoy watching movies anymore because hmm. it's like I I used to be able to just watch them and I didn't care. Yeah. And and I, you know, I didn't ha I could make my opinion after I got done watching them. Now I, I, I have an opinion about a movie before I even walk into it. I hate that. Hmm. Um. And I just hate that it, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they put the, they put half of these movies came out in December just to, yeah. just to get into the, get into the deadline. Out. Yeah. I mean, the fact that get out came out in February 
yeah. and was still talked about enough to get nominated. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I think, um, it's, again, that's why I think it should be. I only got to see two of these movies just because some of them had such short windows and I was going to go see Ash and I had a plan to go see a bunch of them all last weekend and they all dropped out of the theater last weekend, even the second hmm. run theaters. That's cool. so around us. So, um, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I can understand what you're saying that, uh, there's a purpose for these to try to generate, to try to, I'm like, going to try to, I'm going to try to say it in a less, uh, pretentious term. <laughs> yeah. A less elitist yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, to try to elevate, um, a, a person's understanding of filmmaking. I understand the well, importance for that. Um, I just feel like I, I mean, I mean, so let's get back to, let, yeah. let me, let me ask Dave a question. So, so Dave, in your research and who, who votes for the the Academy Awards? Like, can you explain that? Like, just give like so the cliff notes of that process. Like, how do you get on the Academy first off? Oh yes. So I did look this up, and I have it in front of me. I I'm not great at synopsizing things, so I'm, I'm look for uh, the one thing that really caught me. Um, uh, sorry, I don't want to read this whole thing. I can't. Synopsize it. There are there are more than this is this is from 2016, um, and in 2016 they the the Academy, well, that's when they were kitchen shit. So they promised to double its minority and female members by 2020 as a part of an an effort yeah. to. Uh, this is all from Business Insider. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so th so that was against this whole backlash. Excuse me. So it says there there are more than 7,000 people in the Academy as of last year. When it offered invitations to, yeah, yeah, blah, who cares? Um, so you have to be, I found this sort of interesting, 17 branches, yeah. Doesn't offer a complete list of its members, but you can see a list of 322 people who joined 2015. That includes actress Emma Stone, South Korean director Bong Joon-ho, and Netflix content head Ted Sarandos. I can't pronounce his name, sorry. Um uh shit what i what i did see that i'm not seeing now is that you had to be kind of nominated or vouched for by other members um I'll, i'm sorry i'll look this up better on our next break uh yeah because i was very curious about that like the people that i hear about that have screeners i always hear how kevin smith has screeners and so i'm like is that because he got in the academy by being yeah. associated with goodwill hunting uh, and, and, and that's sort of interesting. I mean, Kevin Smith's a different guy. Kevin Smith's favorite movie of last year was Rigsby Bear. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I didn't see that. That's on my list. Yeah, yeah I, have I have it from Netflix because he fucking loved it. <laughs> like, yeah. And so I'm like, well, that kind of piques my interest. Yeah. Um, so, so the idea that someone like him is voting alongside whoever else that's, you know, about to croak and, you know, maybe not as in touch with what's going on now is interesting to me. But that's what I was thinking so much about, like, who who votes for this? So... I'm sorry, I don't have a better answer for that in the moment. Well, I guess I mean let me let me put it this way because I, I can make an argument for both for and against what I'm trying to say in in the, in the nominations. So like I would never have seen. Well, no, that's a lie. I probably would have eventually seen it, but it would have been a long road to see it. Call me by your name, the movie we talked about. Like that's one that I normally would yeah. probably if I saw it, like I'd be like, man, like whatever, and I might go check it out. I might not. But I went to see that movie because it was nominated for an Oscar. So I was like, all right, I want to see this. And I loved it. And I really appreciate it. And again, like, I would not normally have seen that movie had it not been nominated. Now, at the same time, let me give you the alternate. Because as we're moving on to our list here, Phantom Thread, okay, uh, was nominated for an Oscar. 
I did not want to see that movie. Okay. No. I have I have some serious issues with Paul Thomas Anderson. I love love me some punch drunk love. That's like one of my like easily top, probably in the top 15 movies that I love. Um, but like outside of that, I, I enjoyed Magnolia. I hated There Will Be Blood. This is another point I told my my buddy Tommy. He loved There Will Be Blood. I hated There Will Be Blood. This was one that I went to see solely because it was nominated for an Oscar. And I was like, I wish I, I, I got nothing out of that movie. I went to see it. And, and, and so in some cases, like, I feel like it was nominated because Paul Thomas Anderson and, and um, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. So like, like you said, like, there's obviously total pain. It's his last movie. Politics. Yeah, so it's going to be nominated. But I don't think it wasn't a bad movie. Like, it, it was passable, in my opinion. I thought there were some cool elements to it. But really, like, I, I was pissed because I was like, Okay, and, and like, don't get me wrong. Like, there's obviously a smart element to it. Like, the ending is very kind of, you have to kind of work it out in your head to figure it out. Like, I figured it out. And I still was kind of like, even knowing that, I still feel like I probably could have gotten away with not seeing that movie. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it works both ways. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, as, as kind of a wrap-up as we move on to the different movies, is the Oscars call attention to movies that in my opinion would maybe not normally get attention called to them. And I think that in itself is a good thing. Now, whether you agree with the movies that are nominated or not, obviously that's your choice. But I think as far as like, like strong pictures and like what, what we like, if you ever, you know, to, when you take film classes and you learn about like what makes a, a powerful script, what makes a powerful movie, I feel like most of the movies that are on this list fulfill those categories. And I feel like if we lose, here's, I guess the alternate, I feel like if we lose the Oscars, if we just went with the Golden Globes as, as like is that a threat? Up, is that a threat that, that could happen that we could lose? I the don't Oscars? know because I, I mean that was a fear for a long time as far as like the change and like offering up more movies for Best Picture and stuff like that. Is if we lose the Oscars, I feel like that would be a greater disservice than to have people more or less tolerate or appreciate some things about it and not appreciate the politics. I feel like we would be at a greater disadvantage because I feel like what the Oscars tend to do that other award ceremonies maybe don't do so much is they do tend to, to reward more of the more complex storytelling. Um, and I think that's what's significant about it. That's why they're important because they, they help shine that light on things that maybe are not ever going to Michael Caine or Meryl Streep. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like there are movies you won't either, either time. Those with those ones. Yeah. I just uh, feel like that's, that's the only way that certain movies are going to get. Cause, because here's the thing. Okay. A movie like the post or a movie like, um, you know, three billboards in, in um, Ebbing, Missouri, that's not going to make a ton of money. You yeah. know, if it's going up against Thor Ragnarok, and don't get me wrong, I loved Thor Ragnarok, but right. that's the movie that's going to get the money. And if you if you get rid of this kind of cultural touchstone, then I think what would happen is only those big blockbuster movies are going to make money, and producers and people aren't going to put money into those films. Producers aren't going to take a chance on a movie like Call Me by Your Name because there's no quote unquote big box office money in it. And that's that's kind of like why I've changed my tune as far as why I appreciate the Oscars, because regardless of whether you agree or disagree with them, they allow for more independent films um, to get production, getting production and, and getting created. Yeah. I mean, 
That's... I mean, I can, I can under, I can understand all that. And in my, my box, my, when I asked about the box office earlier, like yeah. which bit more in the box office, it, it, I, I mean, I've read plenty of articles, which I'm sure you have too, that talk about that fear of, you know, Disney pushing out the smaller films. <laughs> A lot of that has to do with the politics on what movies get shown on screens and not what movies get made though. Um, too. Uh, I mean, I mean, when when Disney has eight films that are opening in a week, they're going to fill up half of a multiplex. Yeah. Uh, so, but but I, I I definitely I think there will always be avenues for filmmakers who want to make good films to get them seen by people. Ooh. I don't think that that needs that needs to be. I'm not disagreeing in the fact that the the academy awards serve a purpose on bringing light to some films that we might not otherwise see it's when though it's when those pictures are given awards it, it's not that i have a problem with those films getting awards i want them to get the awards because of the way i feel they should get the awards not to just fill a need that's the first one and two i don't think that it needs to be I don't know, just surrounded with the the pomp and the Yeah. Um I get that. I, I, I mean like the Golden Globes, I know it like I, I don't know what your problems are with the Golden Globes. <laughs> I have problems with the Golden Globes, but um I don't know. It's just more lighthearted. The people like that that are, are nominated for like that or that worked on the same pictures together, like sit together so you get to see that camaraderie again. I, I don't they vote like don't the actors and the director like they they cast their own votes for the Golden Globes isn't that how the the awards are are handed out I'm not sure I don't know I'm not sure um I mean listen my mom loved the Oscars and and like this was definitely a thing this was an annual thing in our house every year mm -hmm. and uh, and they're and they're fun I just again it's I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's part of the that's part of the, part of the reason why I, I'm just not feeling them is because they're part of the reason that it's it's part of this mentality of, um, just uh, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, part it, of it is. is Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not very. I'm can not I propose a quick well. a quick break? I'm just uh, I'm, I'm about to burst. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, and then we yeah. can, of course, we can pick we'll up. Wrap up. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll just appreciate hit the... the spirited discussion, though, certainly. <laughs> we'll hit the best pictures. I'll wrap up and then we can go from there. All, All right. right. Yeah. Sure. And I did find, I found a couple of the, the seizable tidbits about just who's voting, I guess. Okay. It's not All super right. illuminative, illuminative, illuminative. Anyway, I got to pay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if, you, if, uh, if you guys get back before me, I might take a couple extra minutes. Uh, don't hesitate to start back up. Okay. Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Be right back. All right. funny because it's been a while since i've gotten been able to get passionate about things like this that's so cool yeah, yeah it's interesting too uh 
You feel like yeah. you, I feel like you've just been enthralled. No, yeah, I mean, I have, <laughs> I have like certain thoughts on things, like what you were saying about. Um, it's interesting what it, the. It's hard to get the right in on it, but it's it. You would often come from like why this is important or why we shouldn't lose this, um, which I found interesting. And I was, and that's not the part I seized on. Actually, what you were talking about, that idea that people would then go out to see these movies and support these movies more mm -hmm. than had they not been nominated, mm -hmm. that that really spoke to what I was um, thinking about in terms of those things, those questions I raised earlier. You know, does it matter yeah. how how exactly or why Get Out is there? Or you know that people see these kinds of movies, the 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 powers that be, the gatekeepers, if they if if they're ex just exposing them to people who wouldn't otherwise know about them, because mm -hmm. your your Thor Ragnaroks and stuff that that we see, we talk about, we love, like those don't exactly need the help, you know what yep. I mean? Yep. <laughs> um. So so I, I like that idea. That was the because like I can think of like um a few years ago. I mean it's been a while now, but like when um Slumdog Millionaire came out. Okay, that was not a movie that a lot of people were seeing, and then it won Best Picture, and it was brought back out for theaters for like a month or two months after the after the Oscars, and so that movie got a lot of attention as a result. And I think you know what we have to realize is when it comes to filmmaking, it's all about what's going to make money. And like oh, I yeah. said, like yeah. it's easy, it's very easy to say, oh, we're gonna do, you know, Thor 17 because we know it's gonna it's gonna pack the house, it's gonna make good money. But what we don't think about is all those independent films and 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 granted, I think Palmer is completely right in saying that, you know, like the independent films are gonna be made no matter what, and that audience is gonna see it. But I also know as I get older, it's harder and harder for me to track down independent films. Like there are so many independent films that come out where I'm like, I, I have to, I'll find it like on, on a fluke on like Netflix or something like, whoa, like there was a movie with these actors that I never even knew about. Like I got to watch this. And I feel like the Oscars at least does a nice service of bringing those movies to even my attention um, as someone who I would say is, is pretty involved in seeing independent films, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and um it's pretty rare these days that a truly independent film breaks it all the way through. Like a, a movie yeah. produced outside of the system, I don't know how much that happens. I, I mean, I could be overgeneralizing, but generally... Moonlight. How about that? Or, like Moonlight. Uh, I, I don't know enough about that story, but as to, to illustrate my point, you and yeah. I both love Kevin Smith. The yeah. only truly independent movie Kevin Smith made... In the t and I mean, he's been making independent movies recently. But was Clerks yeah. after Clerks, Clerks, he was on the fucking bankroll. Like, yeah. So, so that the, the the quote unquote independent movie is a little bit of an has been a little bit of a misnomer, especially as when it reaches that sort of high level. That's but yeah, but I, yeah I, I really appreciate that idea of just the extra eyes on movies that wouldn't otherwise see them, regardless of whether or not a kind of flawed or um, disingenuous system brings those eyes to those movies so yeah. i do have another role here I, I the couple of sentences that says who votes on it just so that we can get that out of the way so uh again for businessinsider.com this is a couple of years ago says to to get in the academy first of all you have to work in film production according to the organization's membership rules no press allowed which makes the academy awards distinct from many annual awards groups but you can't exactly apply to that organization, uh, a candidate has to be sponsored by two current members of the organization's branch, 
which they hope to join. Uh, the different branches being like, there are 17 branches from acting, directing, writing, producing, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I was able to find out about that. Hmm. Um, that doesn't give me a lot of like, oh, okay. <laughs> doesn't mean so much to me exactly. But um, all right. Um, let's, so I, I know we only have like about a half an hour yeah. left. Yeah, just um, knock out the best pictures. Yeah, and I wouldn't want, like, some of these I have seen, so I don't want to roll over, uh, and I certainly don't want to shit on Get Out. Like, Palmer and I, yeah. and we fucking love Get Out. Uh, yeah, and I love it, too. Yeah, and that was your pick for... Uh, yep, best picture. Yeah. So, but I, I appreciated the discussion that that led to... Um, I did see and Love Lady Bird, so I didn't want to roll over that. That's one of the few yeah. I saw. Yeah, go ahead. I thought, I thought Lady Bird was fantastic. I thought it was, like, kind of, and if I can equate it to something, even though a lot of people crap on this movie, I feel like it might have been, like, a more sophisticated or this current generation's uh, Juno. Oh, um, sure. I could see that. You know, it's it was, it was, the dialogue was very creative. The um, the story, I thought the story was great. I thought, I, I actually picked, um, what is her name? Uh, Sorosa. Sorosa yeah. Ronan. For Saoirse, best actress like in leading role, I yeah, I think I think she's worthy of best actress for that. Um, my pick, at least, because I think that she did an amazing job. Um, I thought the story was great. I thought I love any coming of age story. Um, yeah. So definitely, as far as like my top picks of the year, like this is one of them. Um, do I think it's worthy of best picture? Eh, not so much, in my opinion, just simply because I don't think it touches on that cultural reflection, in my opinion. Um, but I did, I really loved this movie. I thought any, this is probably of all looking at the listing of, of all the best Ten. pictures. This is one of the ones I feel like I could suggest to anyone to go check out. Um, yeah, and, and, absolutely. and again, kind of lending weight to what I had made the argument earlier about how I think that, um, not a lot of people saw this movie when it came out. I remember, like I said, I saw it, I think back in October and I loved it, and it was a, an independent film that I would have gone to see, but I've had people that I work with that don't normally go out to see movies coming up to me like, have you heard about this Lady Bird movie? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, so I feel mm -hmm. like it's it's bringing more attention to that movie when it maybe normally would not have gotten the attention that it was going to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was. I heard a ton about this movie, and I was always interested in it, and then finally it came like near enough to us that it was convenient for the bride and I to go. Um afterwards like immediately in the theater she was just like ah but as we were walking out she's like i don't quite get what the fuss was about is what she said and yeah. i was like oh man was like i loved it and, and then i was and i was like and i joked to her it's like well of course i loved it i'm a I, i'm a teenage girl i you know how i love movies about teenage girls because i'm a teenage girl at heart yeah yeah <laughs> uh but i did so it wasn't as the the movie itself like one of my <laughs> one of the movies my dave's digs or whatever from the year before maybe it was even i'm not sure like the calendar year it came out in it was the edge of 17 which is a kind of oh. another uh coming of age story about a girl that age uh, that and i do always i think i often like coming coming of age stories you, i got Go one quick point have you seen the way way back yeah I, that's actually that immediately movie. what i thought Love of that movie. i Love was trying to think movie. in my mind in mid sentence i'm like do i really just like coming of age stories from the female perspective, like Mike's so-called life or the age of 17 or, <laughs> nice or lady so bird. Nice. <laughs> and, and the first movie that sprung to mind that wasn't one of those female fronted examples was, was the way, way back. Just like for a brief moment, I only ever saw it once. That's interesting that you brought that up. I love that movie. Yeah. I, I think part of what I do appreciate about seeing that female perspective is like as a teenage boy, you don't know what the fuck <laughs> the <laughs> girls are thinking. Right. And so 
I love seeing like those those moments that we're not privy to, mm-hmm. um, and especially as unguarded as they might be. Um, I mean, this is not a good comparison, but it, it was fun to see the moments between um, the Ladybird character and her best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about that juxtaposed, it's the same sort of candid candidacy. I don't know if that's the right use of the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it's probably not uh, as something like super bad. You know, when you see those yeah. uh, two teenage boys kind of interacting in that way. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I've always been, I've always enjoyed. Greta Gerwig. I haven't seen all of her work. She's like that. This kind of abominably cute and charming, like young <laughs> actress. And she still feels like a young actress, though maybe she, she's not regarded as as such. And so I like this idea of her directing a movie. I heard. I know we've already talked about a lot of like heavy things or or serious things or contentious things. So I don't necessarily want to get into it. But I one of the things I heard her interviewed about when she was just on fresh air talking about ladybird it's like they asked her about the sexual harassment sort of thing that had been in the air and i don't and she hadn't personally been sexually harassed mm-hmm. but there was an interesting moment between her and terry gross about you know she's like man she's like i don't know what to say um and i don't want to say the wrong thing which was interesting to hear a female say because as, as as men yeah. you're like trying to always be sensitive to the fact that you don't experience a lot of these things and you don't want to you don't want to say it's not like i don't know i feel like sometimes it's cheating to say you don't want to say the wrong thing because it's not like it's not that i'm trying to make my true feelings hid i just know that i may not be well informed enough and certainly in having experienced things firsthand to be appropriately sensitive as as that i would want to be but I think yeah. she was kind of in the same boat for that. It was it was very interesting. Anyway, I really appreciated the way she or be able to articulate in myself in a way that would not misrepresent my true feeling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and and I think for her in that moment, she's like, I haven't experienced this, but I don't want to be forced to speak for all women and uh, right. about this. And uh, mm-hmm. so it was interesting. So I I was just kind of a fan of hers in general. And she said in that moment too, she's like, I kind of just wanted to. I just directed my first movie by myself. I kind of like to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, so that was interesting. Uh, so like some movies like like that in particular might be extra publicized or and 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 overly politicized because yeah i mean it's coming from a female perspective but and for our culture that is still a sort of uncommon thing and it's one of the special things about that movie is that it does come from that yeah perspective and from her as a writer etc etc and I, i i yeah i really appreciate that movie it's not it's not reinventing the wheel but it is it it is a very it is a special movie that communicates a universal experience in a in a really like sweet poignant and like artistic but accessible way i don't know i i dug that i dug that movie yeah i, I my mind was wandering elsewhere but we can keep going i've only ever even seen one other of the best picture nominations. so Let's what's keep, the next one as you go yeah. down the list? phantom thread as i said i have very strong opinions about that one um yeah i just i i'm not a fan i th- i mean it, again it wasn't bad i i mean Daniel Day-Lewis is amazing. He always is amazing. He does a great, but again, I feel like it was very much more of a, we're going to give us a nomination because of who's involved versus the actual um, film itself. Um, I was, I don't know. I'm, I'm, there's not much I'm going to say about it just simply because I, I was disappointed. Um, I thought the ending, there was a twist at the ending. And like I said, I think it involves some thinking as far as if you could understand it much like there will be blood. 
Um, but I just, I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think it was that great. Um, I think, I think the hype around it being his last film is the only thing that like that catapulted that up into the echelon. It's, I mean, I, again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know how it stands up to the rest of the, on this list, but I feel yeah. like that definitely had, uh, uh, it helped get it to where it is. Yeah. My Nicole just texted me and she said, Phantom Thread was meant to be artsy, the artsy pretty movie. Yeah. I think that, that pretty <laughs> much sums it up yeah. of the list. Um, the post was, I mean, it's Steven Spielberg yeah. and it's, a, you know, like you said, like this, the cast is set up to be, you know, the Oscar nominations. Um, it was a great that to movie. me, like that to me is the uh, Civil War of Oscar nominated films. Like it, like, Again, I I think it's just a comfort. It's a comfort meal going in there with everybody for that that's for involved. that crowd. Yeah, it's yeah. Like all the you know what I mean. Like, movies. <laughs> yeah. But going back to Dave's earlier point about Dunkirk, it tells a story about a historical situation that I had no knowledge of, that I didn't know anything about, and I think that was the compelling factor. Was was the um part of what we appreciate about film is that it sometimes tells us stories we did we weren't aware about and i think that 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 aspect of it like don't get me wrong yes 100 percent. the marketing campaign was all meryl streep yes, and steven and spielberg and, and tom hanks yeah. together yeah. No, for the no, first time 100 100 i don't even like yeah, honestly like yes. i don't i can't picture any of the media campaign that told you what historical event it was talking about. Oh yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I know yeah, it involves a newspaper, exactly. and it leads up to all the presidents. All <laughs> it talked about was big, Steven Spielberg directing yeah. Meryl Streep no, and right, Tom Hanks right. together. Like the, that's, the, the big, I mean, the big premise of the story is it's all around the publishing of the Vietnam War and what, like, how that was such a fucked up situation in how they knew like way in the beginning that this was a losing battle, that they were not going to win this war that, I mean, it basically blew the doors open on the reality of what we all understand is like today, like as, as all three of us, like being educated in the Vietnam war, like we understand that it was a failed war, that it was, um, you know, it, it wasn't the way it was advertised that we were in it for the wrong reasons. Like all that stuff that we understand is like standard, was not known like this is the this is the case this was the scenario that blew that open and made it apparent to everyone that this was a fucked up scenario that people knew what they were that the presidents knew that this was not a war they were going to win that they were basically sending all of these people into war to die for ridiculous reasons and that they just let it continue for a decade basically um that so i mean like that aspect i think is 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 really fascinating i totally agree with you palmer in saying that like the trailers and stuff i guess in a lot of ways were a disservice because they didn't communicate that like it was like steven spielberg meryl streep right. you know tom hanks go see this movie oscar 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 first like, time ever all yeah together right? in a film. like yeah and and maybe that's what they had to do to get it and maybe it was a disservice to the story itself but i will say that Again, this is one of those movies where I said, you know, I probably wouldn't normally sit down and watch this movie, but because it's it's I'm in a theater and I'm kind of forced to pay attention to this movie, it was I was really appreciative of it because it was a, a really strong, really really strong story. Um, yeah, from the Oscars. Yeah, 
I get I I th- one of the things a lot of the times with the Oscars I look at the nominations for best picture and I look at them and I'm like yeah those are all renters I'll rent them yeah you know what I mean yeah. like like I don't I I don't need the theater experience for a lot of them and I feel like the post is a good example of that like yeah I'll be able to take everything that I would take from the story whether I'm in the theater or at home whereas like something you know a, a big blockbuster or whatever sometimes those are much more enhanced by the theater going experience and I'll never watch them again because I won't go out of my way to rent them or, or anything like that. So, yeah. Um, let's keep checking along. We got, keep well, checking. yeah. Yeah. Um, so shape, the shape of water. Have you guys seen that movie? I saw I that have. one. That's you one did. Oh, go, go. David, did you see that one? No, I didn't. I, I you know, it's so stupid. I, I'm grossed out by the fish man. I've heard great things about that movie. Listen, I, I had a lot of, I had a really big problem with this movie morally until I came up with the, like I was able to like work it all out in my head and I'm like, okay, then it's like, it doesn't bother me. Oh, well tell, do tell. I, I actually don't, I, I have a vague idea what it's about, but well, give, I us, mean, give us the Palmer trailer version. <laughs> what was that? that going back, a lady works in a. So the Palmer trailer version would be a lady works in a secret government facility and falls in love with a merman. And <laughs> that's uh, generous, though he's not and, a merman. He's like a yeah. man. Like, and dot dot dot. That's how you get you to come see the movie. Uh-huh. And on an and dot dot dot. Uh-huh. They should all end, end on and dot dot dot. Uh, uh, you gonna close that ellipsis? No, they uh so I, I and again I don't want to eat up too much time because I know we're we're cutting it short, but we've um, seen so few though. Tell us tell give us your take. No, um it just uh I I really love I, I love Guillermo del Toro. I love the films that he makes. I'm glad that he's finally getting recognized for something. Um it's so it his style is just so well defined and developed you know you're watching one of his films when you're watching them he loves film like i i he is a a film lover filmmaker like and he Mm -hmm. his films are just full of the love of hollywood like i like i i think the shape of water more encompasses like this the this hollywood ideal that you're trying to propose with the oscars mr J. I think that Guillermo del Toro is really good at like encapsulating that Hollywood um, essence in his love, his homages that he puts into Hollywood. Um, here's, was, here's, go ahead, finish. It was good. It just uh, it really skis me out that they slept together. Until, <laughs> there it is. Oh, That's yeah. the conclusion of the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. Can it, a fish man have sex? The answer is yes. Uh, no. it, it really, I want to see it even know. less now. <laughs> but no, no, it's like, and this is so this like ultimate nerd, total, like from a science standpoint, totally. Uh, a movie came out with um, <coughs> with oh, it was a while ago. Shit, it was like Sarah Pauly was in it. And, oh, I do know what you're talking um, about. I'm not sure I know the name, but I do know what you're talking like a beast, Beauty and the Beast type scenario. No, oh maybe. Well, let me look it up. I, I I can picture the her and Adrian Brody are basically like they are a couple and they're geneticists and they clone they make this clone thing trying to progress like medicine. 
and it ends up growing. It's an experiment and it grows and they both end up having sex with it. And as a, from a science teacher standpoint, like it just, I'm just like, that's so like morally wrong. Like that's your science and like your experiment. And, yeah. and, uh, and I had that same, that same like moral problem with her sleeping with the merman until I like, I pieced together a fan theory in my head that just like makes sense to me. I know he likes to keep his endings ambiguous. So you're never going to get it clearly cut defined. This is exactly what it was. Um, At least I don't think so. So I'm just going to stick with my fan theory in my head. That Mm -hmm. makes me not want to throw up in my mouth when I think about that movie. Um, here's, here's my, here's my, my point. Um, and maybe you're going to attack me on this Palmer. Um, (laughs) I do, I do love Gail del Tomo. And I thought that, um, I have enjoyed most of his movies in the past. I would say this one, there was an element that I really wish he'd hit on more, which was this idea of social outcast. Um, you know, the story of the, one of the guys who's nominated here, I think in supporting, um Richard Jenkins who played the homosexual that was next door um yeah. like his story I wanted more of and I thought like like the commonality between this this fish man this girl and this this you know gay guy lives next door was the idea that they were all social outcasts even even actually um oh what is her name um Octavia Spencer as as an African American in the in, in the current time period I felt like that was a very powerful connection and a theme. And I wish that they had hit that home more because it would have made me appreciate the movie even more. Um, But I think ultimately because it got lost Mm. in the kind of like, she's in love with the fish man. She's got to help it escape. Like I thought that brought the movie down a little bit more in my opinion. It still was a decent movie, but there were things that I was like, Oh, like if you just, if you just capitalized on that a little bit more, it would have made the movie so much more powerful. And that said, sidebar, going back to my point, I, in the similar sense, there are a lot of people that I work with or that I've talked to that are like, what's this Shape of Water movie that normally would not have seen a Gael del Toro movie? And I feel like that's, again, part of why I appreciate the Oscars because even if it doesn't win Best Picture, it's created enough buzz around that movie that people who normally, I mean, like I'm, like you said, I'm a big fan. So I saw it. I'm like, fuck it. I want to see that movie. It looks great. Um, and I'll go out of my way to see that movie. But people who wouldn't normally see that movie are going to go see it now because it was nominated for an Oscar. And that, in my opinion, is again, the, one of the benefits to the Oscars. You don't think that they would be talking about that, that movie would generate enough like no. word of mouth no. buzz no. On, to get people to talk but, about it. What movie has he done in the past that has generated much of interest besides Hellboy? And that's because Hellboy was a big budget movie. Like I love me mm-hmm. one of the movies, my favorite ones goes back to my Ken. Labyrinth. Um, no, Devil's Backbone. Yeah, no, but I mean, but, but I'm saying like Pan's, yeah. I feel like Pan's, enough people saw Pan's Labyrinth. I mean, that get, gets talked about by a lot of people. Yeah, especially in the in like the horror enthusi- like horror movie enthusiasts, that comes up a lot. That might not necessarily be, you know, Guillermo del Toro fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, I mean, again, like, I don't want to, I'm not trying to split hairs or anything. No, you're good. Um, I feel like, 
I, my only rebuttal to the social outcast thing is I feel like every character in that movie was a social outcast in their own way. So, yeah. and that's how it, it hammered it home. Uh, yeah. 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 That was the only one I saw. That's, that's, let's move on. Three billboards. Did you guys see that movie? Which one was it? Three oh, billboards. Three billboards. Yeah. yeah. And that's our last one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah. I saw it. I, I, what I, you really, think? I really enjoyed it. I, I came to it. With, I, I do try it. Like I try not to see too much. I remember seeing, I try not to see or learn too much. Uh, not, I, I don't go out of my way, but it's not hard. So, uh, <laughs> for me, it's not hard to not see stuff. But so I did see a preview, and I'm like, just I just saw the people and the tone of it, and I saw Francis McDormand, I saw Peter Dinklage, I saw Woody Harrelson, I saw Sam, Sam Rockwell. Love you, like, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, I am into yeah. this. I, I've never like. That rem- the trailer I think I might have seen at Logan mm-hmm. Lucky, but it reminded me of that similar mm-hmm. vibe. So Quirky. that so so it's kind of interesting to me that like I don't know from the trailers they seem similar. So like you know and then Logan Lucky he's not in the running. So <laughs> great movie though that was a great movie. Yeah. When you guys, I just listened to that podcast where you guys talked about that one. I'm like that was a fucking great movie. Oh, it's such a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. and this and this was a fun movie too um, for me. Um, at, uh, yeah, so I had also heard that there was, and, and the bride was a little bit more aware of a social critique uh, going in, but I also didn't know specifically what that was about. So I saw it, and then so, so she had some things to say after, and um, about that, like uh, sensitive to some of the racial things, and there, there's a lot of just like sort of I don't know to paint, paint it broadly, just like hate speech thrown around casually. Um, mm-hmm. For me, like I saw it, I heard it, I, but the way that I viewed it without trying to overthink it was it just reminded me of like Stephen King books where it's, and Stephen King talking about it, where it's like, this is not like how I, Stephen King, feel about things. This is me representing a person or a character that I have seen. So it's not an advocation of those ideas. It's, there are people who think like this and talk like this right. or if you think about chasing amy and i've heard kevin smith talk mm-hmm. about it many, many times like he puts the foolish ideas in the mouth of the buffoon character of banks a banky banksy yeah. <laughs> to to say so, so as to kind of deflate those ideas and so what i really appreciated about three billboards other than all of the performances which were fucking fantastic like mm-hmm. that super creepy kid from get out or you know the 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 red haired kid who's in three oh, billboards, yeah. yeah. Like that kid is epically creepy and horrible and everything <laughs> he's ever I've ever seen him in. And he wasn't <laughs> that way in this, which I appreciated. Yeah. I love Woody Harrelson. I love yeah. how he c- carried that character. Uh, I, everyone in that movie was unbelievable, and I loved the writing. I I hear the idea. Like I know there's some upsetting words there and stuff used. Yeah casually but but what what i found myself taking from it as the credits rolled and stuff like i i, I thought about because i'm like i know this is an issue uh and i was like to me that just seemed like a movie like a kind of pulp fiction era like by that i mean like you're saying things you shouldn't say there's a certain quote-unquote cool attached to things that if you look at them pretty black and white are are bad yeah. <laughs> um you know hitman <laughs> not great for example with the pulp fiction stuff but like what i took from it was the potential for our sort of general like human 
decency and connection, like the possibility of our humanity to, 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 to kind of change and evolve a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, fuck if that, I don't know if that's what they meant by that movie <laughs> or, or by the change that the, the Sam Rockwell character underwent, but like, yeah. you know, so well, I, I didn't, didn't take from it a dark thing. I, I took from yeah. it a positive thing that in yep. some ways, sure little ham fisted, but fuck it. Like I liked that movie a lot. <laughs> I think, I think I think you I think you're you're like dancing around it, but I think you're right. I think the point was that takeaway, in my opinion, because I think the ending was very powerful as far as what it was trying to convey. Um, but I think that that's I think you're 100 percent right. I think that that the takeaway is how characters can change, how people can learn to forgive, how people can work together. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a great movie. I will say as much as I enjoyed it. I don't know if I would go as far as to say, and this is totally subjective, it's completely my perspective. I don't know if I would go as far as to say that it deserves as much love as it's gotten for the Oscars. Um, I liked it. I thought it was a great movie, but there are other movies that I think are also kind of in the same vein. So I'm kind of curious as to, I would love to know why it's gotten as much love as it has. Um, I feel like part of it is it's, it's like, a, it's like they're, again, if we're talking politics, like even though this wasn't a Coen Brothers movie, it felt like a Coen Brothers movie. Sort of. There are connections yeah. to Coen Brothers I, movies, mean, I feel yeah. like maybe that might be part of it. Um, the quirkiness, like you said. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's worth checking out. Um, I love, oh, I think yeah. Sam Rockwell is one of the most underrated actors of all time. Um, I have a, a small list of, of actors that are highly underrated, and he's one of them. I think he is so, I mean, like I picked, um, for actor in a supporting role, I picked William Defoe. But I think that, oh, yeah. you know, Sam Rockwell, if anything that would get him an Oscar, I think he's worthy of it because he's he's a phenomenal actor. But, yeah. Well, yeah. I know we're coming up on time. We actually did get yeah. through all the movies. Obviously, we there's did. tons of stuff we could talk about. Uh, I don't know. How do you guys want to r- wrap up? Is there like, or Can do I, you want to do? Yeah, please. I would say that. So here's my takeaway. I, I would like to say kind of like my nominations and then also like, the movies that I would suggest if like from my perspective, like if you want to see like the ones that aren't they're they're highlighted here, but aren't best picture, like check it out. Is that cool? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If okay. you want to do picks, all that kind of stuff. I actually don't have any picks. So I'll just abstain. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what I have. So actress in a leading role. I picked uh Sarosa Ronan for Lady Bird. Sersha. Uh, I learned Sersha. So I'm trying Sersha. to help her out. With there that. we go. Thank you. <laughs> um, actor in a leading role. I picked um, Timothy Chalamet from Call Me By Your Name because he's the kid. I think he did an amazing oh, okay. job. Yeah. Um, actress in a supporting role, I picked Allison Jenny for I, Tanya, which, again, doesn't get as much love as I think it deserves. That, I, Tanya was hysterical. If I can see one more Oscar movie, that's the one I want to see. That's <laughs> really fucking funny. And it, if you have a dark sense of humor, I think you should check that out because it's, it's, it's solid. Um, actor in a supporting role, William Defoe, Florida Project. That's another one that I think doesn't get as much love. I've heard I thought, great things um, about that. I really, yeah. I'm very intrigued by that one. It's a great example of like an independent film that just kind of depicts life, like real life. Um, so I think that's definitely worth checking out if you get the chance. Um, animated feature, just because I rarely participate in this one, but like Coco, I love everything about Coco. I saw Coco. I don't really, I honestly don't really see a lot of um, like uh, cartoons in theaters just because kid crowd I'm not a big fan of. Um, but I did see Coco and I was. I mean, it's Pixar, so it's it's a phenomenal. I actually almost cried, to be honest. It was so like I thought powerful as far as the message of family and the importance of family. Um, director, I picked Christopher Nolan because I think that uh, Dunkirk is not going to get as much love as it deserves. 
And I think as far as like exceptional directing, I think that that kind of fulfills it. Um, writing Molly's game. That's another one that I don't think gets enough love because that I watched that movie. I went to see it kind of like on a fluke and I went to see it and I'm like, this is like fucking smart as shit. The dialogue is so on point. Like who wrote this dialogue? And of course it's Aaron Sorkin. So that, oh. I mean, that once I found that out, I was like, Oh, okay. That's why it's so good. But that was one that I thought was really, really well done and really, really intelligent. Um, and then finally, uh, writing original screenplay, I say get out as well, because I thought that again, the story is so compelling and, and so reflective of the times that um, that's what I would pick. So um, I think there's anything else here that I would say is worthy of uh, checking out. Um, and you said uh, Get Out is your best picture. Yeah, choice. yeah. I would. I, I just because again, I think it's the best kind of reflection of the times. Um, I will say that the movie with um, Denzel Washington, Roman J. Israel Esquire. I've literally never heard those right? words before. Yeah. <laughs> Go check it out because that was another one um, that was is obviously kind of under the radar, but I thought that was a really nice nice film. Um, wow. So be- before Palmer gives his picks, yeah. which I appreciate that turn of phrase, uh, mm-hmm. how do you guys pick when you do picks? Because the bride and I do picks actually with her mom. Um, how do you select them? Do you select them by what you want to win, what you think will win based on popular opinion or or not necessarily? How do you choose? I do um, partly majority of what I want to win because like if I want, I mean like I feel confident in my abilities that if I truly wanted to, to win a game, like it was a competitive thing, <laughs> we're going back to like, we're going full circle here with competition. I feel <laughs> like um, I probably could do a fair job, but I do like to stick to what I enjoyed. So like, that's how I usually start out. But I do feel like there is an element of like spreading the love around. Um, so that's like, like, for instance, like why I didn't pick, um, call me by your name for best picture, because I think that even though it's a, it's a strong standout that Timothy, uh, Chalamet did a better, he was the standout of that. Um, like Lady Bird, exactly the same sort of thing. Like Lady Bird was, um, a fun movie. I enjoyed it. Was it best picture? Eh. But do I think that the key thing for that was the leading actress? Yes. So like, that's kind of how I try to do it as I try to look at what I love, but also like how I would spread it out. Cause I think Hollywood tries to do that a little bit. I don't know, Palmer, what do you think? No, yeah. Nonetheless, you're not trying to win. You're just trying to balance it out in your own sort of head and heart. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, mine, mine is real quick. So I'll just say, I just vote for who I actually literally want to win. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> I don't have a vote if I haven't seen enough movies. <clears throat> but I treat it like, for? I treat it like a game. I always look at it as like who I think, is going to win, not who I would want to win. Yeah. Because, yeah. I definitely never win the pool between the bride and her mom. Yeah. And <laughs> well, there's, and there's always, I mean, there's always curveballs and all that kind of stuff. So. Any, um, like any, any, uh, you know, because there's definitely been like a very spirited debate about how things are chosen, et cetera. And like, what has merit in this way or that, but like any, like, Oh man, this movie was fucking great for last year. Oscars or no, <laughs> anything like that. I, I don't know. I don't have one necessarily. I'm, I actually Marshall Marshall. Yeah. That, that's just off the top of my head. I mean, there's, there's plenty. I'm sure I could pull um, disaster artist is another one that I thought was all kinds of fun and enjoyable, but Marshall was one that I kind of saw offhanded. It's about, um, um, and now I'm spacing on his name, but the, the guy who became a Supreme Court justice, um, out of Baltimore, actually, coincidentally, um, oh. Thorgood Marshall. 
Oh, yeah, I know that. The that's one you need to go out of your way to check out because it's okay. it's not what you think it is, and it's all about like his one of his first like major trials that he did. Okay, and I thought that was a really cool kind of suspense. Re- and it's also obviously based on a true story, something that I had never even known about. That I thought oh. was a really cool story. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, 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 um, I really like the Disaster Artist. I'm sort of just that that movie brought my attention to that story, that movie, The Room, etc. It's a little hard when you're going from the the real. It's it, it's it's like I listened to the book of that became that movie. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like if you could hear an audiobook of American movie somehow from one of the like Mike Shank reads it or Mark Borchardt or something like that, like someone involved, someone whose voice is part of it, and you hear it all, and then you see it like acted by other actors. It's like I'm so glad it's reminding me of this real thing, but it's not quite the real thing just because of the order I came to it in. So I'm so I, I dig that movie a lot just just because and just because it lets me like spend more time with those characters and that idea yeah. or those people in yeah. a way and that idea. I really dug that. Yeah. Uh I can't think of anything else. I mean Palmer and I did our best of like that that year. Yeah. So we would have talked about what about what about you though? Like and I feel I feel like a lot of this you're like, ah, oh, this fucking Oscars or whatever. So <laughs> what are some movies though? E- even though even no. if we talked about them, I'm just like, what are like these are some fucking things I liked. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, but I, I haven't seen enough of any of these really to talk about them. Oh, I don't even mean honestly. these. I mean like so, other things. <laughs> other things outside of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I really got nothing. I didn't prepare enough for this episode. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't prepare either. Let's I, wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, it was cool to get another another perspective other than Palmer's and mine because uh, yeah. you know people get that you know episode Way after episode. <laughs> no, never <laughs> enough. <laughs> never <laughs> enough. <laughs> I got a lot to say. <laughs> We're not talking what was about Palmer's picks. <laughs> oh yeah, did uh, you, I mean, did you well, I mean, no, they're all I, nah. I don't feel nah. All right. <laughs> 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 Uh, I I don't I honestly don't know enough. I, I are you pick, pulling for anybody? Are, no, because I look at them like that. That's no. somehow sometimes. How about get out? Day. Come on. Oh yeah. No, I I think they're gonna give it. I think <laughs> Ladybird's gonna clean up because of the okay. Me Too movement. They're because they're tone deaf. Like I like. Mm. I think they're gonna overcompensate. Okay. It's a female director and a female lead, mm-hmm. and they're just gonna give that as many things as they can, because um they're gonna try to make up for Weinstein and. All that shit. All that shit. Yeah. So that would be sad. I would hate. To, I mean, like, granted, it's it's a great movie, so I wouldn't feel so bad. But I do which feel is, like which Get is, Out is so much more worthy. And I don't want to sound like a misogynist. Like I have a problem with that. I would love if they genuinely thought Lady Bird deserved Best Picture and gave it Best Picture. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's what I want. I don't want them to just give it because they have to fill something. So it's frustrating I mean, to the, have to question those motives. I know what you mean. Yeah. It kind of spoils it in some way. Yeah. I mean, cause the, like, again, like in this conversation, uh, I, I mean the, the gist that I'm getting, like there was obviously stronger things than that to deserve best picture out of this lot. Um, so it would be really hard for me not to be like, well, did they just, if it did win now, right? Like mm-hmm. after this conversation, it'd be really hard for me to be like, well, was that because of it was really the best picture or by because the way, of Nicole who's been commenting this whole time 100% agrees with everything you're saying Palmer. Yeah. So feel validated because that's she's like 100% about the ladybird agenda and all that. 
Yeah, I, I mean that's I think is is going to happen. I I think which is sad. Like uh, uh, I I will say as a retort to you. So you mentioned uh that there was one that you were like, I wish that would have got nominated. Oh, oh disaster artist and yeah, and, yeah. and I Tanya like Golden Globes. Loved both of those movies, by the way. Mm -hmm. FYI, they got nominated for tons of Golden Globes, including the best pictures for their categories. I don't like the way Golden Globes does their categories. Yeah, uh, I hate that the some of the stuff gets nominated like comedy and stuff like that. Yeah, best comedy made on a, made on comedy a movie slash musical. Yeah, what does that mean comedy slash musical? <laughs> what sums it up best is like the Jim Carrey when he won best actor in a comedy performance for Man on the Moon. And they like showed him backstage, and he ha he's holding his Golden Globe. And if you've seen Man on the Moon, like it's a drama about a comedian. Ah, yeah. And uh, he's like holding his Golden Globe, and he's like, "I thought I made a drama." Like they they were like, "Oh, aren't you excited that you won?" You know, because they were like, it was like his breakout thing, you know. And uh, he he was like pissed. He's like, "I thought I made a drama," and like because uh, they nominated it for a comedy, so. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, those are those are my main picks. I would love, I would love Guillermo del Toro to get best director, just because. I mean, like the guy is a he, like he directed Hellboy, Devil's Backbone, like you mentioned. Uh, I haven't seen that one, but I've seen uh, Pan's Labyrinth. I've seen Shape of Water. This guy just loves film. He just yeah. like I feel like he just makes movies to show how much he loves movies. And I would love to see him win. I'd like I love he won best director but at the Golden Globes. Don't and you think he's he's won? I mean, like that's the beauty again, like I totally agree. Like it would be great to see him win like best director or something like that. But I feel like he has won already, in my opinion, because of the nomination. Then then let him win. Then let him win all the way. Like all I the way. like <laughs> Yeah, like I no, I, I um I, I just love like that's the kind like I love the fact that that short chubby guy had a chance who just loved like the 1950s universal horror movies. Yeah. I'm going to stop you yeah. right like, there. Thirties, forties, fifties is bullshit. He would tell oh. you. <laughs> oh yeah. He would probably <laughs> actually, you, you know what? I'm, I take a step back because this is a uh, shape of water is obviously creature of the black lagoon slash yep. Frankenstein and creature of the black lagoon is the fifties. I stand corrected yeah. there you go. on that topic, which is rare. Go. So All forget right. me. I, I, I'll uh, vote for him only because he's written the introduction to two editions of Frankenstein. I have. So, he gets so my I, I, mean, I, I would just love, like I would, I would love all of those things. I'm probably just too cynical and jaded yeah. uh, to be able to vote like that. But yeah, here's, here's a, a fun thing that I want to share that I think you would appreciate Palmer. So Nicole just sent me to this. She said that I think in, in the issue of Get Out versus Lady Bird and what you've basically said, she says, I think we have moved on from Black Lives Matters to Rape is Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, I mean, and it's just so, it's you're totally just like, Ugh, Yeah. No, I get and it. And you're like, I want to love those movies. Like I want to yeah. love, like, and that's, and that's why I have problems with the Oscars is because I, I want to like, or, or maybe it's any awards or why I don't, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I hope I don't know. opening a new can of worms. The the thing that frustrates me about the get out thing that feels kind of pandering and, and actually ultimately uh like condescending. It feels like the fucking parents in that movie nominating the movie. You know what I mean? Like I would have yeah, voted for Obama yes. third time. Like 
and yeah. I, I dearly hope it's not that. But the fact that it feels that way makes it kind of like, fuck, man, fuck you guys for like fucking up this movie. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome. <laughs> but, but that's all our own. My and, own. And again, and this just comes back to that. Like, I wish I could just watch movies for the pure love of. Why can't watching you movies? You can't because of these like because I have to do all of this now when I watch a movie. I can't just watch a movie. Like know, all of this has to happen. I think. And I think you. Here's here's the wrap up. I think for me because I, Palmer, I hope you realize I 100 percent appreciate what you're saying, and I and honestly, like I'm there in a lot of ways. I'm there with you um, because it. Like I said, like for a long time, I was I actually had a backlash with the Oscars. I think <sighs> the place that I've come to be. Um, is is there is this? I will still go see the movies I want to see. Every you know, every week I go see a movie. So like this week, fucking Black Panther. I'm fucking excited about that. So that's like a movie I'm gonna see and I'm gonna enjoy it no matter what. Um, I will see the movies that I want to see week in and week out. But that said, what I why I think the Oscars maybe not need to be supported fully, but need to continue to coexist is this idea that it puts eyes on movies that would not normally get eyes on them. And then, and like, again, if I think of last year, like I think of Moonlight, like Moonlight was a phenomenal movie. It was uh, incredible. It did from top to bottom what it needed to do. I thought it told an incredible story and it would not, it would, it would simply not have been the level of success that it got had it not been for the Oscars. Like I was telling before when you were, um, when it was just Dave and I for a second, there, I was saying like, like Slumdog Millionaire, that's a movie that would never have gotten the eyes on it that it did until it won Best Picture. And then it won Best Picture, and that gave it the attention that it deserved. And I think that that's like, Palmer, you're going to go see the movies you're going to want to go see. Dave's going to see the movies he wants to see. I'm going to see the movies I want to see. And we'll continue to enjoy and appreciate the movies for what they are. But I think what I, why I don't want to see the, the Oscars go away is simply because it puts attention on movies that would not normally get the attention and that's a good thing. Like, like you said, like Guillermo del Toro and his movies, like those are movies that normal, again, I hate to say normal people, but like the common, you know, blue collar joke. Don't say Schmo, common. Don't say common. common. Sorry. Uh, average but, you know, person. Average, average person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't go see on a normal, wouldn't put their money down because the movies are expensive and to go see a movie is expensive in theaters. But I feel like the very idea that people are like, you know what, like what's this, what's this shape of water movie? Like that is a success. That's yeah. a success. When it gets people talking, it gets people to go and check out those movies. That's what I love about the Oscars. And I think that's the point that people miss is that regardless of whether you agree, yes, there are, there is obviously politics. There are certain people that are always getting nominated. What it does is it allows for films that really try to create a compelling story with compelling character, get people to go see those movies that maybe normally wouldn't see it. There. <laughs> I still haven't forgiven the Oscars for not nominating Jean Claude Van Damme for JCVD in 2008. So, <laughs> and we've come full circle. <laughs> and fucking Cyborg, why didn't that win? Well, Oscar? <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna say Cyborg, but JCVD deserved uh, recognition by the Academy. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I mean, that kind of says it all. I mean, that, that's the whole subjectivity of the whole thing, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, all right. Was, this was this was intense, man. All right, yeah. <laughs> we go from starting out where like we don't, none of us care about, none of the three of us care about competition. Not that we got into competition, <laughs> but we, but but it's nice to hear a bit of like uh, I don't know extreme point of views. I can I can appreciate that. 
Yeah. I, 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 um, I, this will, this will, this will be my wrap up, I guess, though I, I stand by the JCVD quote. <laughs> or, or, or. <laughs> the Bride and I were going to try to see all the best picture nominees like on Tuesday nights on a special, you know, it's cheaper or whatever. We yeah. didn't have an early week date. And then, um, last week we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're a little overwhelmed and stuff. And she's just like, I'm getting advanced tickets to black Panther on Thursday. <laughs> I'm like, fucking a God. But, but to be honest, just as I was for Dunkirk, I was like, I wasn't really on board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like not, not really. Like I like, I was fine. I'm happy. I'm anytime she wants to go to the movies. I'm all for it. And it's not like I didn't like ba- black Panther, but I, that's not a character I knew from my childhood. I wasn't, um, I wasn't in already. Like not, not really. I knew it should be, but I wasn't. And there's like, we're like, I don't know, 20 minutes into it and something happened, like a little comedic moment. I was like, fuck, okay, all right, yeah, I, I like this movie. And then by the end of it, by the first, I mean, well, well, I will say about that movie, like there's the teasers, there's the Marvel teasers, there's two of them. The first one is devastating to me and said more about like what you can say in a in a Marvel comic book movie about, I don't know, kind of current political problems <laughs> in, in a profoundly positive way that I have that I could point to. It was really great. Like that's the thing with that movie. Like a movie like Black Panther, all that, and all you're hearing about it, mm-hmm. it could be just like irksome, and it's trying to be everything to all those people, or it could be like pedantic or whatever. It's not. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. It's ultimately like super moving. It's it's so funny. So like after all this, like at the end of the day, the bride and I were like, well, do, we go, do we go see an Oscar movie or do we see Black Panther? And we went for Black Panther and yeah. I got a, a hell of a lot out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but as, as I did out of the three Best Picture nominees that I saw, all of which are so profoundly different, I couldn't tell you which one I prefer. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, weird, yeah. right? It's Oscars, man. <laughs> JCVD 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to subscribe at LWSDPod on Twitter. Be sure you can email us at LWSDPod at gmail.com. Subscribe iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play Music. Go to audibletrial.com slash LWSD to get your free audio book. You could try this time. You you are a badass. How to stop doubting your greatest greatness. How to stop doubting your greatness. I haven't read that one. I don't want to endorse that one yet because I don't know if it's... Never mind. I, about that. I, I, I started it, yeah. listening to Roadwork. Find Roadwork by Stephen King slash R- Richard Bachman. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Stephen or, King's uh, favorite Bachman book. So rock that one. That's his favorite Bachman book, really. That's what, that's what huh? he said in the in the introduction. Uh, oh yeah. It depends. I yeah. Nineteen ninety six. He said that. So whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, that's probably then. It, I, that's close enough that I think that would probably still be accurate. He oh. changes sometimes in those introductions. It's crazy. Yeah, it's I like that though. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Mr. J, thanks so much for having for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I didn't ruffle too many feathers. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> no, it was all right. nice nice to hear another point of view other than our, our own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And Nicole, thanks for joining us. Thanks to our, our live listeners. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Absolutely. Short.